Blog Talk Radio. Hello and happy Sunday. This is Seeds of Change and I'm your host, Danielle St. John. Uh, I think we're going to try something a little bit different this show and try uh, and do the good news report in the first hour. Mom is with us. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Hello, hello. How are you feeling? Sore. <laughs> Still, did you take something? So the reason for... I did, and so I'm okay. better. I'm so sore, though. The reason why I'm so sore, though, is the first thing I want to do is take my hat off to my beautiful daughter, her amazing husband, and the most amazing grandchildren on the planet, because this morning, bright and early, everyone showed up to help uh, Grandma get the chickens moved to the chicken palace, and Danielle um, can probably post some of the pictures and videos on the Seeds of Change um, thread that we usually have open um Mm -hmm. but it was a good day everybody's safe and um the new chicken palace is inhabited grandma is sore and tired (laughs) but happy Um, very happy yeah it definitely was a team effort um i'm sharing that now okay it was it was okay so that's why, or one of the reasons why Danielle thought we could do the good news earlier in the <clears throat> in the process of the show, so that Grandma can go back to bed first of all. And I don't know. We'll see if it actually works out better um, without breaking up conversations uh, midstream from hour one, get up, and then head into your hour three. So it might be a, a, a better timing issue. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, there is a ton of good news this week, as usual. Um, the main thing is that uh, the mainstream media is dead. It will yeah. never revive itself. It will. <laughs> it's a lot to be said that the uh, mainstream medical community, as well, is um, is dead. Um, but mm-hmm. but we'll start off with the mainstream media, and um, there's the what we would call alternative is breaking story after story after story. These are the kind of stories that if we had real journalism in the United States, um, they would be salivating, going crazy and tracking down leads. And, you know, it has sex and it has, uh, it has smut and it has smarm and divorce and high ranking officials in the, in the, uh, current administration, um, but the good news is that we have literally legions of what I would call it, what Brian Cates, um, who is draw and strike, he's um, <clears throat> one of my favorite follows, <clears throat> calls new media, Breitbart News, um, uh, you know, Telegram, We the Media, all of these different ones that I mention every week, and they're breaking huge stories the first one is um, social media yeah social media new media that's right and uh the good news is that as as hard as they tried to silence us in 2020 and they did it they thought they had done a pretty damn good job of doing that um it took a a few 
forceful individuals like Elon Musk and, and Donald Trump is just not going to be silent um, to and, you know, continued with these what I, I suppose people would have called them anons back in the day. Um, but I, I, I don't think they're anons anymore. I think they're more mainstream. Benny Johnson, um, the Gateway Pundit, Jim Hoff and his brother, um, just Tracy Bean, Kanakoa, Tracy Bean, Kanakoa the Great. Um, they were they were quoting these people now on Fox News, and not that that's like that much of a, a great thing. But my point is, is that they're not going to be silenced, and they're going to continue to go after um, what. Um, the mainstream media would would never report on sacred cows, and uh, and they and they just keep they they're not stopping, and because of that, um, again another one of those w- ones that I follow um, called uh, Kakoa the Great uh, broke a story about um, Fanny Willis, and oh, I take that back. This one I got from Technofog, another. Um, follow that I highly recommend. Uh, He's got accounts on uh, Truth Social, on Twitter, X these days, on Telegram. Um, And this is his subject in The Reactionary. Apparently, Fanny Willis, uh, who is, just to update you, she's the Fulton County District Attorney who filed a case against Donald Trump. It, it really you're kinda, there's you're, a case you're breaking to up watch. a little bit. Um you're breaking up uh, a little yeah. bit. I know. Uh is it it's because okay. I'm getting excited, right? It could that be better. Yeah. Yeah. That's better. Okay. So I'll try to slow my pace because perhaps the audio when I get excited it seems like it, it gets excited too. It's uh, not let excited me know if it's it excited. The Fulton County District Attorney, Fannie Willis, got caught literally with her panties down. Apparently, she is sleeping with and caused for um, her lover, his name is, and that she placed in charge of prosecuting the President of the United States, former President of the United States, Donald Trump, his name is Special Prosecutor. She named him as a Special Prosecutor, Nathan Wade. Uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fallis, who has targeted Donald Trump and 18 others with the crime of challenging the 2020 election. So let's just all take a breath and think about that sentence right there. Donald Trump and the people and his RICO case. So RICO is um, means that RICO means that this is serious stuff that they tended to feloniously question an election. Interesting choice of words. And if that's really what Donald Trump is charged with, it's still the case to watch of all of the ones that I have no idea how many more at this point that he's fighting. Um, but apparently um, she paid this guy a couple of million of taxpayer dollars. They, uh, and one of the, for one of the things that she paid him for was to go to the White House. 
So when you start to make allegations that the White House is coordinating all of these hundreds of prosecutions of Donald Trump across the United States, then you have a whole different ballgame. Again, the good news is that there are people that are not going to be like the lapdogs in the mainstream media, and they're going to, to do actual do actual investigative journalism and then find out this kind of stuff. The claim, this is the article, the substack from Technofog. It was printed January 8th. The claim comes from attorneys for, um, okay, so Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, who has targeted Donald Trump and 18 others with crime, again, of challenging the 2020 election. Have no idea how that's possibly a crime but is alleged to have an ongoing affair with subordinate Fulton County Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade. The claim comes from the attorneys for defendant Michael Roman, who today filed the motion to dismiss and disqualify DA Willis and the special prosecutor. Roman faces years in prison after being charged with six counts by special, special prosecutor Wade, including violation of the Georgia RICO Act. And conviction under Georgia's RICO conspiracy statute, for example, requires a punishment of, be, of between five and 20 years. So, so it turns out they've been traveling. Go ahead. Just one second. Isn't, yes. it, isn't it interesting that the minimum yes. sentence is just uh, long and just about a presidential term? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Who knew? Just really, really crazy stuff. Further evidencing their relationship. So they went on trips to Napa Valley, Florida, and the Caribbean. And the special prosecutors purchased tickets for both of them to travel on the Norwegian and Royal Caribbean cruise lines. Further evidencing their relationship, D.A. Willis and Wade have been observed in private together in the Atlanta area and are believed to have cohabitated in some form or fashion at a location owned by neither of them. It is alleged that this relationship began before Wade was elected special prosecutor. She is his supervisor. Yes. She has authority over him. She has an ongoing relationship with a subordinate who, by the way, happens to be prosecuting the former president of the United States. Mm-hmm. First, the Georgia Rules of Professional Conduct, the state's guidelines for lawyer ethics, requires an attorney to practice with independent judgment. Fulton County government officials like Willis are to be, in fact, and in appearance, independent and impartial in the performance of their official duties. That there be public confidence in the integrity of the county. So that's the first thing. You can't do that. You have to be impartial. Second, this is a scandal because D.A. Willis broke the rules governing the appointment of a special prosecutor to benefit her love. According to the filing, D.A. Willis already apparently misrepresented how she would use Fulton County funds to clear the COVID-19 legal backlog, backlog and instead used them to appoint the special prosecutor out proper approval. So she went into the, one of those slush funds that the Democrats have created across the nation and paid this guy. 
I love all of this. It's sleazy, it's wonderful, and it's really good. So we have a timeline from, yeah, from Kankoe the Great, Kankoe the Great. I told you there was two of them that I really love. There's a bunch of them, of course, on on Telegram. The Library, Kankoe the Great, Technofog, Brian Cates, Tracy Beans, and Midnight Rider Channel. But we have a timeline of how these, how the special grand jury, um, how how this process occurred. On January 9th, 2023, like a year ago, the Fulton County special grand jury completed its work. What do they say about grand juries, Danielle? Pop quiz. They can indict a ham sandwich. Mm-hmm. Correct. But like six months later, July 2023, an IRS whistleblower testified that the DOG, DOJ blocked felony charges, restricted witness interviews, prevented search warrants, and prohibited questions about Joe during Hunter Biden's investigation. July 20th, Senator Grassley releases FBI. Now, remember, there was the, the big joke. Every time they get something on Hunter and Joe, what happens the next day? Or even the same day, Donald Trump Another comes indictment. up with a new charge. Right. Mm -hmm. On January, July 20th, Senator Grassley releases the FBI FD 1023, alleging Vice President Biden Ukrainian Burisma bribery scandal. July 26, 2023, Judge Noriega blows up DOJ's unprecedented Spiden immunity deal that protected him from foreign lobbying and money laundering crimes unrelated to what he was pleading guilty to. Next, Comer finds the bank statements. Uh, next, Devin Archer, this is all in the month of July, uh, Biden's business partner claimed that President Joe participated in over 20 calls about son's foreign business dealings. August 9th, the House Oversight Committee released third bank memo detailing patent payments made to the Bidens from Russia, Kazakhstan, and Ukraine. August 10th. This is where it gets ugly. A.G. Garland appoints Weiss special counsel after Weiss was hawking Hunter Biden an unprecedented sweetheart deal. <clears throat> August 14th, Fannie Will holds a press conference at 11.37 p.m. announcing that Donald Trump is going to be indicted. Okay, so remember there was even <clears throat> premature. She has this the day before the, the press conference, Okay. So, uh, continued on May 2nd. Yeah, but they took it down. They posted it, and then Mm -hmm. they took it down like nobody was watching. Whoopsie. Right? Get ready. Okay, so timeline Biden White House coordinates Fannie Willis' indictment of Donald Trump. May 2nd, Fulton County special grand grand jury selected for Fannie Willis' Willis's Trump investigation. May 23rd, Fannie Willis, lead prosecutor Nathan Wade, has an eight-hour conference with Biden at with Biden White House counsel. May 27th, New York Times, up to 50 subpoenas expected as grand jury begins Trump inquiry. June 1st, the grand jury begins hearing evidence. July 5th, grand jury subpoenas Trump's attorneys, which they can't do that. This is another thing that's just so crazy. They are violating attorney-client privilege. They're subpoenaing his attorneys. They cannot do that. 
Actually, uh, they did. Attorney. They got all of his attorneys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right? That is I know. In, insane. Um, okay, just just for a That's second. That's why we. I think this is Kate. I think Kate's with us. Kate, press one if you want to be part of the show. Um, and uh, yeah, so so go ahead, mom. It's oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. There she is. Hi, Kate. Hi. How's it going? How are you? Hanging in there. So we're we're going over the salacious details of the Fanny Willis, uh, uh, smutly, crazy stuff. Yeah, but hold on one second. Um, are, you, are you guys frozen out there? Are you okay? We're okay. It's nine degrees, and yesterday was super cold. I had to go out and. Boy, my hands hurt so bad after being outside. I was, like, trying to warm them up for, like, 20 minutes once I got in my car after having to load and unload some stuff. It's cold. It is really, really frigid. Yeah. Um, Very worried. I feel like we can't complain, but we've been in the 40s at night. That's cold for us. Well, that's cold for, (laughs) yes, that's cold for California. Yeah. Very cold uh, and I'm like, oh, I need God. We need to get the the um, the thicker down blanket out for about a week. Um, that's where we are. So I I feel like I've got no right to complain. But and and we had to uh, turn the heater on for the first. Like we have like one week a year that we use our heater, and we had to turn it on. And these are California well, problems. That's I know. <laughs> pretty tough. Oh my it's goodness! We can't yeah. even go. We can't even go in the Very water. Hard. We can't even go in the ocean. It's too cold. Oh, <laughs> I know. Okay, all right. But let's get back to the uh, the good news report. And uh, are you yeah. following the Fannie Willis story? Yes, not okay, as closely awesome. as this. I'm. I'm actually learning from this, so my ears are. Very good. All right, mom. Back to you. Okay, just took a bite of toast. Sorry, I muted That's myself. Okay. Um. Okay. So it's it's really salacious and really juicy, but it's also disgusting because it's obvious from this timeline that they have been coordinating with the White House. The White House is running the show and telling, mm-hmm. and they cannot, 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 cannot do that. Okay. Um, and they're doing it on, apparently on, on the cases to um, throw him off the ballot all over the country, and uh, it's just really, really gross. So um, I think DA we're winning George, that fight, so, though, right? I think we are. Okay. They cannot do that stuff. They can't. Do you have the story um, about the so, dude that's been filing this stuff? That's been that's been filing this stuff again. Who? Yeah, all of yeah. the. the the disqualifying paperwork. It's like one dude and he just got arrested and charged with um, something that had to do with the IRS. I've seen those stories and um, what is his name? And he's going all over the country. Uh, Oh God, what is his name? I'm looking at John Anthony Castro was indicted last 33 counts of aiding the preparation of false tax returns. That's He's the guy, yes, yes, Texas yes. man who uh-huh. filed more than two dozen challenges to former President Trump's ballot eligibility. So he's been arrested. wonder if that'll huh. affect 
this ongoing drama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have any stories about him, but all right, go go back back to you, mom. I'm sorry. I I just yeah, uh, that was a fun story. Sorry, just just a little bit of an addition. I can find more if you want it. Mhm. Oh, mom, are you there? Hello. You still muted? Hello. I'm still muted. Sorry. I okay. I, I want you to know that I appreciate that because I have seen those fl- stories flying by, but I didn't put them in the good news report, or maybe I did and I just haven't seen them yet. But thank you for. I knew he'd gotten in trouble and that he was arrested, and he's the one that's going all over the country filing these. And the good news is that this week Nevada rejected it, and who else? Somebody else rejected it. Um, Oh, and she met – Fannie Willis met with Kamala Harris. She met with – who else? Where is it? Is this from last week? No, this is not from last week. Do I have it? Yes, it says Biden has his fat, grummy hands all over all the indictments. So let me just read. This is from Revolver News, another um, gateway pundit, only better. It says anyone with a reasonably sound mind, which omits Joe Biden, could see from the start that the damn indictments against President Trump were politically driven as the debunked Russia hoax and the overblown COVID pandemic were. It's the same old strategy, but now the regime loyalists in their utter desperation are constantly raising the stakes. What they're attempting to do to Trump by trying to imprison him is to tear apart the very fabric of our judicial system. This is the problem. They're ruining our judicial system. And it's been a mess for a while anyway. And the entire rule of law in our country, the implications of this could be even more far-reaching than the so-called, quote, pandemic, end quote. All of this coordinated evil and chaos is coming from the very top of our government apparatus. Pay attention. As a matter of fact, Mike Davis, an attorney and former clerk for Justice Gorsuch, says it's increasingly evident that Joe Biden has his big grubby hands in each of these four sham indictments against President Trump. But you probably already suspected that, didn't you? Um, So first, uh, we have... uh, his name is Nathan Wade. This is this quote-unquote special prosecutor down in Georgia. He's been to the White House one, two, three times. He charged them eight hours at $250 an hour to interview with DC White House staff, which I think I find uh, kind of gross. Um, Biden, through his deputy White House counsel, Jonathan Sue, waived Trump's claim of executive privilege. Matthew Colin Jello got sent from the Biden's D number three office, DOJ number three office to Soros Fund in Manhattan, DA Alvin Berg's office to bring the first bogus um, indictment against Trump, Ethan Wade, and um, and there's is there one more? Jim Jordan is calling all of them to come and quickly testify. So apparently she's also been sleeping with Jack Smith, Fannie Willis. There is evidence. They don't have all the evidence to support, but there's an indication that she's been fooling around with him, too. Hmm. Okay, um, let's see. So uh, speaking of Jack Smith, um, let me see here. It says Donald Trump on Jack Smith. I think he feels like he's losing politically. Um and so he, J- Trump is alleging that Jack Smith is becoming increasingly 
um, wacko. And uh, Trump told Breitbart News that recent filing has made before the court asking the court to prevent Trump from speaking about Speaker Nancy Pelosi's refusal to accept the deployment of troops on January 6th. Who knew that Trump's been saying all along that Nancy Pelosi refused those troops the entire time saying that he was inciting the crowd. And it's one of Trump's defenses about the day that, that day as Pelosi did refuse his offer to send thousands of troops to the Capitol. It is a sign that Smith knows he is losing the war for public opinion, opinion on this front. Trump added that Smith looks so pathetic with the filing about the Pelosi part of this, and the truth is that Pelosi blocked the troops. Well, it's true, Trump said. Nancy Pelosi did not accept the truth. troops. So there's more to that story as well. Um, where is it? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, not, I, I'm not as organized as I'd like to be. This morning, okay. where is it? Yeah. Um, do I have more about Fannie Willis? I don't think so. I mean, um, isn't that enough? It, it's enough. It isn't. <laughs> final one is a twitchy article, which yeah, a political. A po- oh, Politico's running. Um, that 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 article that I have is Politico is running um, in, interference for Nathan Wade. So. Um, Another great piece of news is that John Kerry stepped down as Biden's climate czar. Um, I think it's really hilarious because he's going to help serve on the campaign. And this guy obviously knows so much about winning presidential elections. Um, Oh, not. Too Mm -hmm. soon. Um, (laughs) Some really great news coming out of San Diego. Um, There was a, San Diego area whistleblower teachers reinstated after they were placed on leave for refusing to lie to parents about students' gender transitions. On Wednesday, a federal judge ruled in favor of the reinstatement of two whistleblower teachers in the Escondido Union School District in California who were placed on leave refusing to lie to parents and hide students' gender transitions. I think that's really great news. We're, we're, we're fighting a lot of battles, a lot of fronts. If, if young children want to transition, uh, certainly it needs to be with their parents being a part of the process. Um, I think that, in my opinion, it's too young, under the age of 25, for them to make those life-altering sterilization decisions for themselves. Um, but certainly uh, schools acting as as cover for these children and not allowing the parent to be involved with the decision uh, is there's something wrong with that. something really okay. creepy. Um, can I, can I just add ahead. one thing to that? You're to- totally right. Let me just add one thing to that. When you go as an adult through these transition surgeries, you must, it is a requirement by the doctors and teams of doctors because there's surgeons, there's psychologists, there's psychiatrists potentially involved. It, you cannot get through and have all of these doctors sign off on, on these tr- um, transition surgeries unless you have a support structure, unless you have somebody there 
to change your bandages, to be there for you emotionally, to go to the grocery store, to, you know, I mean, it's a major, major surgery. And, you know, coupled with hormones and all kinds of stuff, you must have a support system in place. How in the world are they passing laws where seemingly there would be no known support structure for when these children come home post-op? have no idea how they think they're getting away with this. But the yeah. for them to say, you and you're not allowed to tell their quote-unquote support system, their children, their parents are their support system, uh, is is just absolutely creepy. And I think, and, and this judge ruled in their favor that, no, you can't keep these kinds of secrets from their parents because – as you say, required to have a support system. Um, just awful, awful stuff. So um, I do have, Danielle, a, I want you to play. Um, and it's, I don't know how much la- of last week that you guys talked about uh, January 6th and the revelations of stuff that's coming out. Um, but there was a really important clip that was a half an hour. And I, how long was it, Danielle? 41 minutes? Yeah, it was, it was long. Yeah, too long for, for us to play. It, right. Okay, well, so they um, posted a clip, a, a much shorter clip. But the information that was in there is stunning. Again, most of us that are, quote, unquote, conspiracy theorists, uh, already know this stuff, but um, I, I think this, this this clip was super important, and I would love for you to play part of it, and I'd like to discuss it. I just put it in the Danielle folder. Okay, I got Telegram. it. I'm ready if you are. Ready. Okay, three, two, one. When you say that there were FBI assets in the crowd in, in the building beforehand and, and certainly outside, what's the scale of this? Are you talking like 10, 20? No. Um, based upon some very conservative, but like hard investigative effort evaluation of, of the numbers from putting together eyewitnesses and, and videos and, uh, and an affidavit statement and whistleblower statements and, uh, court records that have been revealed through individual criminal cases where J6 defendants have been prosecuted and smart attorneys have forced uh, admissions by the DOJ and the FBI, but those admissions have been sealed within the parameter of that criminal case by protective order by the judge. So they, I, I can't share them, but I've seen them. So r- real hard objective and conservative uh, estimates would would put the number of FBI assets in the crowd outside and working inside at at well over 200 200 yeah I mean is that a flash is that a flash mob or a performance or what would you call that it was definitely I would a, call a, it a, a fed direction yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, Lord. The reason why I really wanted to, 
to play that clip is because this week, sadly, uh, Ray Epps was sentenced. And I know you guys are going to say, oh, I have the sads right now. Ray Epps was sentenced to um, six months of probation six for his probation. part. Six months of six months of probation, and I'm going to get the story. He's not going to jail, no, um, because he's just misunderstood. Um, and oh God, I got to get the story because it's freaking hilarious too. Somebody really, really did it up cute. Where is it? I am so together today. I I just found it. And that's why I had you play that clip. Oh man, where is it? Or I can I see a lot of stories about it. Okay, here it is. Play-by-play thread covers Ray Epps clown show of a sentencing. Um, I need to log into this, so give me just a second. At least I have the article. It's feeling pretty bad right there. Um, oh, here it is. He re- from the AP. He received no jail time, and there right. were no restrictions Big placed thing. on his travel no. No. during his probation. But okay. and so but he will. Hey, come but, on! He will serve 100 hours of community service. That's pretty harsh. Oh, that's wow. right. He got community service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, hey. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, but listen to some of the stuff that was going on in the courtroom that day. I hope all of you have a barf bag. So this. I, big thanks and kudos to Radix Vernum for, one, putting together this thread, and, and two, being mentally strong to sit through this clown show of a sentencing for Ray Epps. Are we surprised? It was ridiculous. No. But like she says in her first treat, <clears throat> tweet, this is bla- so blatantly a farce. Okay, so this is from Twitchy, another account that I love to follow, and Sam Jay is the chief editor, um, and so she posted the, this thread from Radix Verum, who actually attended the sentencing. Again, if we had media that was serving its function in the United States, this kind of stuff would have been, uh, it never would have happened. Okay, so Ray attended Ray Epps sentencing today. What a farce thread. The prosecutor praised Epps' de-escalation tactics and had the prosecutor I say that again, prosecutor, and had a whole slideshow for it entitled Attempts to De-Escalate. Both Judge Boasberg and the prosecutor both claimed he never tried to go into the Capitol. That's a damn lie. Why, why is that tactics, people that they, I, know, I, I know plenty of people who never tried to enter the Capitol that got probation, you know, at least got charged. They were nowhere near the cap. They were nowhere near the building. And this guy's on video saying, we have to go into the building. That's the escalation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. While this editor is certainly no expert when it comes to de-escalation, ahem, telling a bunch of angry protesters we're going into the Capitol doesn't seem like, you know, he was de-escalating anything, first of all. The prosecutor claimed he, he struggled and that he could give Epps a felony with a low sentence or a misdemeanor with a high sentence. The prosecutor, the prosecutor's writing a love letter to this guy, okay? And and the way that they talk about the other J6 prisoners compared to how they're talking about this MFR, he's a fed. Mm. Sam went on Definitely. Twitter and got he's a fed um, uh, trending. 
The prosecutor claimed he struggled and that he could give Epps a felony with a low sentence or a misdemeanor with a high sentence. The prosecutor claimed Ray Epps' case was unique and complicated. I don't see how. That's yeah, how? Quote. I also, yeah, I also don't see how any other J6 defendant getting this type of special treatment where a prosecutor claims their case is unique. Unique, right. That's Sam. Mm-hmm. The prosecutor said they used this pro- their prosecutorial discretion, prosecutorial discretion to choose to charge Epps with a misdemeanor despite that same prosecutor arguing 10 minutes before that Epps had engaged in felonious conduct. The government agreed with Ray Epps' defense lawyer's arguments regarding mitigating factors for Epps, LOL. All we can do is laugh and throw up our mouths a little. That's Sam. Epps and his lawyers, along with the, along with the government and, Joab and, and the judge, all agree Ray Epps was the victim of widespread conspiracy theories. He was the <laughs> real victim, you guys. The DOJ themselves admitted they were giving Epps a significant break. No shit. The prosecutor argued six months is the appropriate sentence. The prosecution then proceeded to praise Epps, claiming he actually supported law enforcement officers that day. The prosecutor, this, hmm. do you understand just how different and how wild this is? It's the prosecutor's job to make you sound like a cross between a vampire and a grandma beater, okay? It's, that's the prosecutor's job. It's the defense attorney's job to mitigate, right? Mm-hmm. Claiming it, it's good to be friends with Nancy Pelosi, according to, to Sam. Epps lawyers pointed out Epps called the I almost immediately when eight, I'll bet he did, and that he gave voluntary statements and cooperated. Epps was allowed to speak, and he said the FBI had nothing to do with ha- with what happened on January 6th. He blamed Fox News for peddling election integrity conspiracy theories, and he blamed Trump. He then said that he believes January 6, 2021 was an insurrection. <gasps> Shocker. Uh, it's hmm. pretty long, but um, it's also it's enough to make you just want to barf. He's a Fed. So, so there you, you have it. Epps is a, go ahead. Doesn't, it just, yeah. And he was, he was if, there. If you saying it's an insurrection and he was telling people to breach the Capitol building, then isn't he, by his own definition, guilty of an absolutely horrible crime? And no, he was in the wrong place at the himself? wrong time. <laughs> oh, whoopsie. Whoopsie. Yeah, let's go into the Capitol building. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's funny. And you know what? Even even the people out there hearing him saying that were like, fed, fed, fed. He was inciting. Right. That was his one job. Yes. Next on yeah, God, so it's, it's, his one job. If it's his own de- if by his own definition it's an insurrection, then he was committing an insurrection. So why is he, if he's so contrite about this horrible... No shit. Don't even bring a lawyer. No shit. Put the cuffs on me. I'm ready to hang. Yeah. Come on. And you know what's funny is I really thought he got six months. You're saying that the prosecutor... Nothing. um, Six months? You said that that he thought that he just got a year of probation. Six months of probation. He got six months of probation. And that's what was recommended by the prosecutor, not six months of jail time. Well, he got 100 hours of community service now, And the prosecutor really struggled with this. 
Kate. You know, they yes. just really, you know, scruples. <laughs> It was a unique case because he is a Fed and they want to make him appear like a regular person, but regular Joe mm-hmm. hurt his feelings by putting him in jail with, you know, horrible conditions like black and cold and all that stuff they said was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently, there's most- more to the story about the troops. Uh, being denied that day, and uh, they have it all now on General uh, Mark Milley. So Milley is the Dan Barzini. Yeah. May I say one more thing? It sounds like Ray Epps didn't even even appear in court. He was appeared remotely by video conference and wasn't in Washington, D.C. courtroom. Amazing. When he was sentenced. To a six Amazing. Term. Listen to this. What is this? So I just want to examine this for a second. Prosecutors had recommended a six-month term of imprisonment for Epps. But, okay, so that's stated, but then it, he just got the six-month probation in the mm-hmm. community service. Okay, so prosecutors recommended imprisonment. at sentencing took place... Sorry, I just want to, because I thought it was six months in prison, so that's why I'm curious. He, never, why he I got nothing. That. He got nothing. He got nothing. It's, being, it's like there's just a way that these articles are worded to be a little bit confusing, I think. So if you glance at them. Deliberately. You think, yeah, deliberately. You think that he got some punishment, so you yeah, will he, write off anyone who's questioning It looked like it. he was treated like every other insurrectionist that day. But we all know that most of the of these people were have been in jail since January 6th, and he did not right. see he one day treated like at all. Exactly, but the article I think is is meant to to keep people who just scratch the surface of news. Oh yeah, see those crazy conspiracy theorists were wrong again. Yeah. Look, He's not a fed because yeah. he got six months in jail when he didn't yes, really. Thank you. That was my point. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm like, why am I confused about this story? And okay, yeah, wanted to communicate that aspect of this that it is a show for people and it's being deliberately reported on in a slightly confusing way. Right, and then the puff pieces in, in New York Times, or either New York Times or Washington Post, maybe both, um, about reps, uh, about Epps and how he he um, just, you know, got caught up in this and he's just a good guy and, and he's being a victim and people are harassing him and all of this stuff. Like, mm. it's so gross. Wow. <laughs> that is gross. So disrespectful to the victims mm-hmm. whose lives are in danger from all this. I'm trying to look at the New York Times story, but there's a paywall, so I can't see that. Mm. I believe you. Yeah. Um, okay, Mom, go back back to the good news. Thank you. So the good, is, no, please, I appreciate it. And, and here's the thing. That's the headline and the New York Times headline behind a paywall is designed specifically to do what it did with you, that you thought he got six months in jail. He got six months Mm -hmm. of probation. Because he's just a misunderstood guy. Yeah, you can read the headline. Judge Boasberg, and I'll just read the the last, um, um, and I I need to correct myself. Judge Boasberg claimed Epps' initial conduct probably warranted jail time. 
but then cited his extensive cooperation with the government, J6 Farce Committee, etc., and other mitigating factors to give Epps a sentence of 12 months probation and no travel restrictions. So it's 12 months probation, not six months. I was wrong about that. Well, for his cooperation, his cooperation mm-hmm. as an instigator. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah. Thank you. And and then they talked about how he was a victim of harassment after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As he said. Yeah. Um, apparently, though, we've all been throwing mud at uh, Nancy Pelosi, who always is going to have um, deniability. But there's an, another spook underneath all of this, and that's General Mark Milley. The colonel and army lawyer challenging the army's official narrative of the events and leadership decisions during the Capitol Hill protests on January 6th, a narrative relied upon by the Colorado Supreme Court when it struck Donald J. Trump from the ballot, told Red State, then chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, was the black hand operating outside his legal authority to delay the District of Columbia National Guard from responding to the protest that day. Millie is the Don Barzini of the deep state. Who do you guys know what who Don Barzini is? No. Hold on, I'll tell you right no. now. He's oh, he's from The Godfather. Don Emilio Barzini oh. Sr. If uh, yeah, so he's an, a a character in The Godfather. Anyway, I thought so. Said Colonel Earl G. Matthews, the Harvard Law graduate who is the senior legal advisor to Major General William J. Walker that uh, the D.C. National Guard's commanding general from March 2018 to April 2021. He's the most powerful chairman of the Joint Chiefs in history, Matthew said. It was Milley all along, and I didn't realize it. Milley was manipulating this entire stuff from point start. The former guardsman now serving in the Army Reserve said that as the Joint Chiefs, Chiefs Chairman Milley had no legal role in the chain of command, he was simply the president's senior military advisor. However, Milley leveraged his staff in the Pentagon and exploited his relationships with other generals he mentored and favored for promotion so that he ran the Army as his own feudal possession. Milley controlled the Army. The problem was not with Donald Trump. It's Mark Milley and the Army leadership in control. They stopped the Guard from coming, lied about it, and said the Guard acted at sprint speed, he said. This is about civilian control of the military, he said. There was none. There is none. I argue that Mark Milley had more control over the D.C. Guard on January 6th than Donald Trump did. If Donald Trump wanted to call the Guard to the Capitol, Milley wouldn't let him do it. I'd like to read that sentence again. If Donald Trump wanted to call the guard to go to the Capitol, Millie wouldn't let him do it. He said, the, the colonel said it is essential to understand that unlike the National Guards in the states and territories in the nation's capital, the National Guard is not controlled by a governor. Instead, it is under the president's direct control. In practice, Trump and other presidents delegated actor control of the D.C. National Guard to the Army Secretary. Matthew said Milley was always joking about this unique command and control structure. When Milley would call over, he would always say, I've got your governor on the line, which meant it was McCarthy, um, which would be uh, the Speaker of the House. Or which McCarthy is it? Anyway, Matt, Milley delayed the D.C. National Guard's response to J6. 
Matthews said he was with Walker throughout J6, and the D.C. National Guard was poised to respond to the crisis on Capitol Hill, but the Army's official record does not align with what he witnessed and experienced that day. For most of the crisis, he said the Guard was ordered not to approach the Capitol beyond 9th Street, which is the block where the FBI headquarters sits. Hmm. One prime example is McCarthy's testimony. It must be a, a administer. It, it's not Speaker of the House. Um, that he tried on January 6, 2021, to call Walker to talk to him about mobilizing his guardsmen at 4.35 and 5 p.m., which was relied upon by Professor William C. Banks in his testimony at the Colorado court proceedings that led to Trump's removal from the state's primary ballot. Matthew said Walker turned over his phone to prove Matt McCarthy did not call him. The Army lied about it. Walker actually pulled the phone calls. McCarthy didn't have a record of the call, so those calls didn't exist. It, it's a very long article saying that Mark Milley literally prevented the D.C. National, the National Guard from going to January 6th. They did it on purpose. Why does it and say that also no means of it? What? I there's no record part. of the call. There's no. Hold on. I'm trying not to read the whole article because I don't want to like just be a stenographer. I'm sorry. I that probably was disjointed, and I apologize. No, that's. Just, I just figured it was me that I missed something. You said no. The Army lied about it. Walker actually pulled the phone calls. He said McCarthy didn't have any record of the call, so those calls didn't exist. The colonel said Walker tried to set the record straight in his own March 2021 testimony when he appeared before the House Select Committee on the January 6th attack. Walker told uh-huh. the committee that he watched at 1.30 p.m. as Metropolitan Police officers mobilized to support the Capitol Police officers. And then Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun called him. At 1.49 p.m., I received a frantic call from the Chief of Police, Stephen Sund, where he informed me that the security perimeter of the Capitol had been breached by hostile rioters. Chief Sund, his voice cracking with emotion, indicated there was a dire emergency um, and requested the immediate assistance of as many guardsmen as I could muster. Immediately after 149 call with Chief Sund, I alerted the Army senior leadership of the request. The approval for Chief Sun's request would eventually come from the act, Acting Secretary of Defense and be relayed to me by Army senior leaders at 5.08 p.m., three hours and 19 minutes later. They lied Thank to you. me, says they lied to Congress to claim that they moved quickly, and they didn't. They could have moved much quicker. I got retaliated against. That's the bottom line. I love the Army, but I'm thinking about resigning, not because I'm quitting, he said. I want to stay in the Army. I'm going to resign because I've lost faith in its leadership. So that's what happened. That's, and then they led them in cops, the, Metro, the MPD and Capitol Police led the rioters into the Capitol so that, so that we, what we've been through the last four years almost. And there's more, and there's more, and there's more. Oh, I did. But you know what? I did. I did have the story about the guy getting arrested <laughs> for the Fourteenth Amendment political oh, challenger. Right. Yeah, I did have it in my stuff. Ah, because I oh. that bag of chips. 
Um, yeah. So thank, but thank you. Good catch, Katie. You're right. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to end with <laughs> the biggest joke and the funniest part of funny, not funny is another one. This would make you cry if you can't laugh about it. Do you remember at the very beginning of COVID where they said you all have to stand six feet apart and that that's why we have to close all the schools and that's why we have to close all the businesses and that's why you can't buy seeds for your, wait, for your garden? Because of the six feet rule. And remember they put all the little funny arrows all over the floor and they flowed traffic through grocery stores and you have to walk this way and you can't walk that way and, and you know, wear a mask and all this, this crazy, crazy stuff because of the six feet social distancing rule. In order, and six feet that COVID was, if you stayed six feet away, that you weren't going to get it. Remember all yeah. that? And they yeah, closed parks and they, they vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Fauci finally admitted that he doesn't know where the six feet rule came came from. He said, Listen to this, it just sort of appeared. Sort of just appeared without scientific input. And yet what were we put through for almost three solid years? Dr. Anthony Fauci confessed to lawmakers Tuesday that guidelines to keep six feet of separation ostensibly to limit the spread of COVID-19 sort of just appeared without scientific input. Fauci, 83, revealed to the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic that the six feet apart recommendation championed by him and other U.S. public health officials was likely not based on scientific data. The science. <laughs> trust the According science. to Brad, yeah, trust the science. According to Chairman Brad Winstrup, our Republican of Ohio, who's also a physician. Schools nationwide remain closed well into the second year of the pandemic as a result of the social distancing guidelines, which were disputed by both research studies and other health officials. But you remember when people dis- what happened when people disputed something? Pop quiz. What happened when uh, you disputed some of their bullshit? Um, you got accused of killing grandma. You literally yeah, killed their grandma. Killing grandma. And you were you're silent. A murderer. And you were silent. Yeah, you're a murderer. And then your posts were taken down. You got community standards, all this other crap. We were put through hell. My account on Twitter, I had 4,000, 6,000, who knows? I forget how many followers I had. Taken down. Wow. Same day as President and General Michael Flynn's. By the way, followed me on Twitter. Yeah. Wow. That, and it all kind of happened. It at the never same struck time. I still don't have it. It all kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they're reviewing that stuff now, Danielle. There's YouTube is saying that they, you know, I think I said this, told this last week for the Good News Report that that they're gonna they're gonna review, you know, their their standards about people being able to say say shit anyway um it never struck me that six feet was particularly sensical in the context of negation dr ashish Jha, the dean of brown university school of public health 
who served as President Biden's COVID response coordinator for 15 years, told the New York Times in March of 2021. Who knew? Um, said, so asked about in a study in Massachusetts schools that found just three feet of, of distance between students resulted in similar COVID case rates. Fauci said that same month, there's a picture, I'll never forget this too, where they have people sitting in the circles, uh, where there's these chalked circles and people are sitting uh, apart from each other on college campuses. Fauci said the same month, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention were very carefully reviewing the data. (laughs) We're reviewing the science. A top White mm-hmm. House advisor to two presidential administrations, Fauci transcribed inter- Fauci's transcribed interview before the House COVID panel revealed systemic failures in our public and shed light on serious procedural concerns with public health authority. No kidding. These those failures included foisting vaccine mandates on schools and businesses. After two days of testimony and 14 hours of questioning, many things became evident. During an interview today, Dr. Fauci claimed that the policies and mandates he promoted may unfortunately increase vaccine hesitancy for years to come. No kidding. They disgraced themselves. The medical community disgraced itself. I'm 62 years old. I have to rely on these people. I don't trust them. What am I going to do? It is clear that dissenting opinions were often not considered or suppressed completely. You think? Should a future <laughs> pandemic arise, America's response must be guided by scientific facts and conclusive data. No kidding. So should have this one. Wenstrup also said committee members remain frustrated with Dr. Fauci's inability to recollect hmm, COVID-19 information that is important for our investigation, while others uh, we have spoken to do recall the facts. Said Fauci, uh, Michael Cloud, who sits on the panel, said Tuesday night Fauci had shown an amazing ability to either forget what happened or then find ways to shirk any sort of responsibility for the influence that was had. They washed their hands of any sort of responsibility, saying oh, those decisions were made by school districts. Bullshit. Oh. But the school districts know if you don't follow the guidance that's coming from the federal government, you open yourselves up to lawsuits. So they did everything they, they were telling them to do. And even if it didn't make a lick of sense, <sighs> okay, so that one, at least he finally admitted that the stuff that they were barfing at us was bullshit. Um, I'm gonna, just going to read one more um, article, and then I'm going to, oh, Lord, I, maybe I'm not. This is the same. So, um, the last article I'm going to talk about is Archbishop Vigano, and um, we listened to a little clip from him last week where he said very clearly that there is a link to Hillary Clinton and quote unquote PizzaGate. They they believe that they they will try to assassinate this, this um, Archbishop for the words that he used in that um, in that clip. It says. Um, the truth is, when it comes to Hillary and her husband, she has earned a notorious reputation for treating Bill's accusers like second-class citizens and attempting to silence their voices. This is pr- precisely what Juanita Broadwick, one of Clinton's rape accusers, said happened to her. Needless to say, Hillary had the most glowing pro-woman reputation. So our Archbishop Vigano 
held nothing back in his revelations about Pizzagate and his direct references to Hillary Clinton. Again, there's no proof to this, but many people have very strong opinions. And truth be told, it, is, it has us a bit worried. Perhaps the Arch, Archbishop should sleep with both of his eyes open. Um, they're, they're worried that she's going to try to take him out. And I've said that. I've been, I, and I've been praying for this pastor for a few years because he, the man never hesitates to call out powerful people. Um, oh, I do have one more about Seth Rich. Dang it. It's 4 o'clock. Sorry, Mel. No, um, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm always up to hear about Seth Rich. Okay, so um, this was uh, January 12th, just a few days ago. FBI defies the court order, refuses to turn over Seth Rich evidence to the attorney. Um, I'm going to start with, and this is Gateway Pundit, um, which I love, Jim Hoff and his brother, uh, what is Rich? Oh, God, I can't think of this. Anyway, it's a great site. It's the the Drudge Report for for now. Same thing with Revolver News. I recommend that if you go looking for good articles, Gateway Pundit and Revolver News are the place to get them. Um, they've been following Seth Rich's story from the very beginning. Or the t- attorney Ty Clevenger is this. He's a bulldog, a pit bull attorney who has been after the DOJ and FBI for years to get to the bottom of Seth Rich's murder. Clevenger also investigated who supplied the DNC and Podesta emails to the DNC, supplied the DNC and Podesta emails to the DNC during the 2016 election cycle. This was always the key to the Trump-Russia collusion nightmare. No proof was ever offered up by the fake news legacy media Democrats or the intelligence community on this scandal. If Russia didn't supply the DNC emails to WikiLeaks, then this was more proof that the DOJ's Russia collusion story was a complete lie used to fool the American public. After years of denying that they had anything related to Seth Rich, the FBI and DOJ were caught lying over and over again. In September 2023, a judge finally demanded the FBI and DOJ provide all they had regarding Seth Rich to attorney Clevenger. The FBI responded, requesting another 66 years before releasing the information. They wanted it moved out like the JFK assassination reports. Hmm. Then in late November, a federal judge ruled the FBI must hand over the evidence regarding the former DNC employee Seth Rich's uh, murder to Ty Clevenger. This is big news since one year earlier, the FBI was attempting to bury the information on Seth Rich for 66 years. No media outlet has covered the Seth Rich story as extensively as the Gateway Pundit. That's the truth. Judge Amos L. Nazan ruled the FBI must hand over Rich's personal laptop, laptop, a DVD, and thumb drive within 14 days. It's now been over 40 days since this ruling came down, and the lawless Chris Ray FBI has defied the court order. Attorney Clevenger tweeted, I, I'm going to follow this guy on Twitter, too. I didn't know I could. There we go following sorry sorry (laughs) just when i think the fbi can't get any more arrogant or lawless there's this from the seth rich case can msn reporters like oliver darcy andy kroll and at isakoff finally admit that none of these this passes the smell test that maybe they got duped the latest response from the feds is um let's see in conclusion uh i wonder if they just summed it up
the FBI brought to believe they're above. I can't. I, I'm, I don't have time to leave, read the whole case. I didn't read it. Um, they they refused. They did a they did a, a 15 page. Um, we don't think we should have to again after a judge ordered them to do it. That's it. So we're 40 days past um, what the judge said. You will turn it over. They said um, they they decided they don't want to, and um, they're just not going to. They think they're above the law. And so we're still waiting, and now we'll see what the judge that ordered them to turn it over, if, what he will do um, to force them to um, to follow his his court order. Okay, wow, you know, I did it again. It seemed a little rushed. Questions, concerns, comments about any of the information that I shared today. Kate, do you want to go first? No, I think she okay. might be taking a break. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And oh, the answer to the question about my YouTube oh, channel, I, I just tried. That's okay. I just tried to sign in, and they said, "Now nah, you're suspended." Do you have any questions or still? comments, Kate? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm still out. Who, who, who's trying to get the access to the? Rich from the FBI. Who's the one filing that lawsuit? Does it say? His name is Ty Clevenger, and let's let's look it up. I want you to um, to know about this guy because I think he's kind of neat. Because uh, he and he has literally, when they call him a bulldog, they're not playing. Okay. So he, he says he's an ex-cop, ex-journalist gruntled lawyer, muckracking blogger, lawflog.com, and cheerful optimist. Okay, maybe the last one is a stretch. He's from Texas, and he has been going after the FBI for, we're coming up on uh, like nine years now, to get that, get his, they, after this young man that they said was just, just a you know, random robbery, was killed, mm-hmm. the FBI went to his office and home and confiscated all of his, he, they confiscated a laptop, a thumb drive, and um, one other, I, I, can't, I can't think of the other item. What was it they confiscated? Hold on. Uh, there were, I think there were two laptops, one personal, one um, not. There it is. A, a D, yes, two laptops, a DVD, and a thumb drive, Okay. So for a, just a random killing on the streets of D.C., why would the FBI go and take all of this kid's stuff? Ty right. Clevenger, ever since then, okay, he filed the original case right after, um, it, during the 2016 election cycle when, when Seth Rich was killed. When, he found, when they found out he, that the FBI had gone in and taken his stuff, he's been fighting ever since then. Why do you yeah. have this stuff? It was just... Brando frickin' murder, why would you do that? Okay? Right, exactly. Um, and like they have never clip. given him the... I'd like to play a two-minute clip uh, about Seth Rich. Um, this is a Julian Assange interview, and that's my... Personally, my, my theory is that this the, re, you know, the reason that they're hiding this stuff so much is because it's... They've got proof that Seth Rich leaked to Assange. It's not WikiHacks, it's WikiLeaks. And I think that he was the leaker. And this is an interview with Julian Assange 
um, during the 2016 um, election. Three, two, one. Donald Trump has had a disastrous few weeks. If you look at the polls, he needs a miracle. Um, in the American political lexicon, there's such a thing as the October surprise. The stuff that you're sitting on, is, is an October surprise in there? We Do you even know what you're sitting on? WikiLeaks never sits on material. Uh, our whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. The 27-year-old uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, it's, there's no finding. So, uh, what, are you the sort of, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks and they, are, they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean, we don't comment on who our sources but are. But why make the suggestion about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Because uh, we have to understand uh, how high the stakes are uh, in the United States and that our sources are you know, our sources face serious risks. Uh, that's why they come to us, so we can protect uh, their anonymity. Uh, but it's quite something and, to suggest a murder. So, that's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have have suggested that uh, we are investigating to understand uh, what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is uh, a concerning situation. There's not a conclusion yet. We wouldn't be willing to state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. And more importantly, um, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens. Okay. So, I mean, what are the odds? What are the odds? Because the whole Russiagate narrative started with this, right, that, that Russia hacked into a lot of things, you know, the DNC, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. find out they that they murdered that man. Yes, yes, they did. And so, yeah, they didn't even take his watch. They didn't. They didn't even rob him. You know, it was mm -hmm. there was nothing was taken. And then, like the worst, you know, like they have to tell us, right? And I think the worst part about this this whole thing is. Not only Donna Brazil's book, where it's dedicated to Seth Rich, so that's a little bit sus, but what they did for Seth Rich as a memorial um, in front of the DNC, they put up a bike rack with his name on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Isn't that so gross? It's like, yeah, you know what? It's a, it's a not really a, um, a safe neighborhood. You should get a bike in, in loving memory so you don't get robbed. You know, like, oh, come on, it's come so on. Gross. Yeah, that uh, was really a wouldn't they be respectful that it was an unsafe commute to walk home at night? <sighs> gross. Um, I don't know. Is that Ty? I think Ty might be with us. He, maybe he's just listening. Nope, nope. Whoever but, was uh, on. I will tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign off after I greet Ty. Thank you guys for letting me share sure my stuff him. today. Yeah, that was okay. awesome. 
Uh, yeah, great well, job. You guys have a, a great week. I, I'm super excited about our big chicken pro- project. Grandma's tired today after moving the chickens this morning. I want to thank my daughter, my excellent son-in-law, my two beautiful grandchildren for coming to help Grandma. We knocked it out in about an hour, and everybody is safe and secure in the new Chicken Palace that I waited for six months for to get it all done, and I'm excited that it's finally done. Praise God. Yay. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week, okay? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Bye now. You. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Yes. It was a – did you did you watch the reel that I put in the uh, uh, in the chat? No. What did you put in the chat? Oh my gosh! Just a, I I do reels sometimes, um, not very many, just like a, a handful of them that I've done. But I did one today of us catching the chickens and um, and like okay, so we don't really have a problem with mites, but it is it is a problem that some chickens have. But we just like preventative, we dip them in this like mite bath twice a year. So just today, you know, we're about six months out from dipping the chickens anyway. Um, and we, uh, we, so we dipped them, caught them, dipped them, and moved them. And it's down the hill. It's like a, it's a pretty decent distance away. So we got a dog crate and, and moved them about, you know, four at a time. And we got them all moved down the hill. So now we get our backyard back, which is nice. Great. I'm, I'm trying to watch this without <laughs> the volume. Watch you and your the chickens on this reel. That's so fun. Aw, chickens, how much they give to us. My goodness. It's great yeah. creatures. Yeah. Um, so, we're, so we're glad they're moved. Like, and, and, we, and we have all kinds of predators. So, like, we've got a bobcat that noses around often um, and, you know, skunks and all kinds of stuff. That every, ter- turns out everything likes to eat chicken. And uh, so, mm, poor chicken. Yeah, so we had like she's not kidding when when like we took six months to kind of like engineer this, um, and mm-hmm. so just to make sure that there's not going to be um, any problems, any predator. Like we completely predator proofed it. We built. We had somebody help this uh, man named Norberto um, comes in and just did a fantastic job on a run, a critter predator proof run. Um, and now the next thing we want to do is start engineering because it's a terraced backyard and we've got probably, so one, two, three, four, five levels, terraces in our backyard. Um, and the chickens just went from the top of the backyard down two levels. And, um, and we're mm. in what, so many other like terraces that we want to build engineer like little tunnels like predator proof tunnels so that they can just go and kind of wander all over the yard all over the yard into like little areas um yeah and just let them kind of migrate around more because it's yeah we've got Mm -hmm. we have a lot of chickens (laughs) we have uh, i think our official count today is 40. wow that is a lot of chickens that's so cool. Yeah, and but we've got the yard for it. Um, there's just hawks, you know, skunks, uh, all kinds. Somebody actually put up a. Have you ever owned chickens? I forget. I I forget if I asked. No, I have not. I've wanted they're so to, but I have. Yeah, they're so fun. 
They're and and they're they're pretty easy, you know, as far as other. Um, I mean, other animals are, are are a lot harder and give less. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. um, I, I, anyway, I, I would encourage anybody anybody that can get a, a chicken coop, even if it's just like a little, like a four, um, you know, one for like a coop big enough for for four. Um, but I don't know. I just think chickens are awesome. Everybody should get. I forget. I forget where it was going with that. But yeah, um, <laughs> that's what's going on with you right now. Yeah, yeah, we did all of that this morning, um, and yeah, so the next parts are going to be the, the little tunnels, but that's that's another. I should really record this more because people are interested in how to how to do this yeah. kind of stuff. We repurposed um, a a greenhouse, like a, a a metal frame from a greenhouse that was there um, and not being mm-hmm. used for anything, and that's their um, where they sleep at night and where they lay. And then, yeah, so anyway, it's, um, it's been quite the construction project. And I bet you the next, the next part of it, people will probably appreciate more, you know, getting the little tents, the little, you know, uh, walkways all the way, you know, into mm-hmm. all parts of the yard. But anyway. Yeah, um, I would love to see that. I would love to see that too. Yeah. Um, okay. So I actually didn't like... I, I had a couple things that I might want to talk about for the rest of the time, um, or we can just kind of go wherever. If anybody calls in, um, and go. We can talk about whatever. But I had a couple things that I, I kind of wanted to introduce that I haven't before. Um, and one of them is: Have you ever heard of silent weapons for quiet wars? Like frequency type of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Currency. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's a basically like a training manual, um, you know, basically on how to, how to harness the currency out of humans. And it's really, really fascinating. Um, Interesting. Yeah. That's anything you want to talk about. I had a couple of things, but I'm also interested in that. Okay. Um, for anybody who follows the war in Ukraine, there's a few people, citizen journalists, who give alternate information to the, you know, mainstream media that is serving the military-industrial complex. So alternative sources at the very beginning I remember included a citizen journalist vlogger called Gonzalo Lira and he has just died according to Newsweek in Ukrainian jail and that's really sad Scott Ritter another voice yeah thought that he had died because Gonzalo Lira told him if I'm silent for more than three days let people know that I have died. And so Scott Ritter did that. And then Gonzalo Lira was like, no, wait, I didn't die. Um, He had just been picked up by the Ukrainian police. So now apparently he really did die. So that is so sad because U.S. government is doing nothing to speak out against an American getting killed in Ukrainian prison for free speech, basically. 
I mean, I don't really again. think that this, the, the surprise is a whole lot of us, but it is really sad to lose, you know, somebody who was was there for the right reason to to cover something honestly and lost his life for it. It's, you know, it's heartbreaking, but yeah. it really does, you know, it, it's not surprising. With If you know the stuff that we know, we know that the Ukraine is not the good guys in this. I don't know necessarily know if there is a good guy in this, but it certainly isn't Ukraine, right? Well, it's not even Ukraine. It's a NATO-backed Ukrainian government that supplanted the democratically elected Ukrainian government. So Ukraine has just become an extension of the U.S. military-industrial complex in order to weaken Russia goad Russia into a border war and or conflict. I guess Russia is not calling it a war. But they just wanted to, quote, bleed Russia dry. And um, the silencing of journalists is always really sad. Especially when you follow them for a long time, you feel like you get to know them. Tucker Carlson covered this. I wanted to find his little snippet on it. Let me look for just a second. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. My <laughs> so my son's at just like a little snippet. My son, my son is at work right now. He was supposed to be at work until eight, and he just called me and goes, "Um, I'm I'm off work. Apparently, I'm off work at four thirty. And I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm not really sure what I can do about it right at this point." Um, oh no. <laughs> No, my husband is upstairs though. He's he's just taking a nap. So um I had to had to put put out a little fire. <laughs> well, I don't know where they go. Gonna... Go ahead. Oops. All right. Oops. Hold on. That's him. Sorry. Let me know when All you're right. ready. Um yeah, go ahead right now. Okay. to live there, what was happening inside that country that we were supporting and paying. On social media, there were a few people reporting from within Ukraine, and one of them was an American citizen called Gonzalo Lira. Russian economy is sailing on, sailing on. The European economy, people are starting to die of hypothermia in the UK. And so everything that the West has thrown at the Russians has boomeranged right now. So what happened to Gonzalo Lira? Well, for posting that video and others like it, he was arrested by the government of Ukraine, one that we pay for. One thing most Americans... Oh, there you go. That was just a tiny bit of Gonzalo Lira giving the perspective from boots on the ground in that country. Yeah, it's so sad. It's You know what? It, it's, I don't... I mean, it's also very sad that, like... Everybody else has seemed to to move on, except for this one, like, it's very odd. So when I take my kids to school, I drive through this, like, kind of, like, pretty rich area of San Diego. And one street Mm -hmm. virtually, okay, no, I'm not even kidding. There's probably, like, six houses on the block that all have Ukraine flags up. Um, They took them down for Christmas. And I'm like, okay, maybe they're just going to pack them away and... And, you know, be like, oh, remember that one time we hung the Ukraine flag? But no, they're back now. Um, Yeah. It's like this own little microcosm. I I don't really, I see them here and there in San Diego, but this one street, it's like scary how many people on the street are flying Ukraine flags. 
yeah, they feel very virtuous supporting Ukraine because I guess they've just bought the story that they've been told about what that war means and what we're doing there, helping the Ukrainians to get democracy, which really we did the opposite, funded a a government that was chosen by people like Victoria Newland. You should get a clip oh. about that, right? <laughs> the, yeah, I can. Um, the of uh, Newland, yeah. If, and if you next time, if you want to play a clip, let me know. I've the okay. The only reason I do it on my phone is because I have a good microphone. Um, I, yeah. I could not have done it before, um, and so I could hear it. It was all right, but like, I think maybe the audio quality yeah. will be here. Yeah. So if you find it, just put it in our group chat, and I'll and I'll play. Okay. Um, False alarm, by the way. My son is not getting off at 4.30. He just called back and said oh. he be working until 8 o'clock. <laughs> well, talking so. about silent weapons, I'm not sure exactly. I know that I'm not putting that in context, but the weather has been really strange, hasn't it? It, it been- definitely has. It definitely has. And then here we've got um, this, you know, I'm sure you've seen the, the stories on the news about our our tides right now, which I'm sure that the weather climate change nuts are out there and probably say, well, there you go. There's the, there's the sea rise that we were talking about. No, it's the king tide. It happens during El Nino's. This is a freak weather pattern that, you know, that's it, it, been happening for centuries, you know. So uh, it's not it's not changing. This is this is not climate change, but the weather has been pretty crazy lately. And here it's the tide. Yeah, isn't it here? They've said it's the coldest, not in Colorado, because we've gotten quite cold other years. Not I don't think quite this cold, but it seems a little bit freakish that suddenly. Like the Iowa caucus is happening. The conspiracy theorist in me is just like, hmm, that's oh, word. Yeah, and that's true. Well, like, because everybody's saying, keep on the lookout. This is an election year. It's going to be a freak show. Like, what mm-hmm. are they going to voice on us? So it was just really interesting to think, is this organically happening? Is this a real weather pattern? Or is this being manufactured through? Heart. Yeah, or and it wouldn't be. Another. Yeah, we know that they can do it too. So, um, and and it's it's very interesting. Um, just on climate change for a, a minute is um, this denial of the chemtrails. I, I mean, have you? I, I'm not sure where you you fall on that, but what do you think of the denials on the on the chemtrails? These people are just very adamant that we're just complete idiots. And that the skies have always looked like that since airplanes were, you know, what do you think about that? Well, well they've, they've talked, I, I'm sorry to say they, that's so lame, but people have been publicly discussing the dimming of the sky to quote, help the climate change, right? Like they're owning that they are putting something in the atmosphere, but they're saying it's to help dim the sun so that we're not all what going to fry or something in the sun's light because the sun, what the 
the atmosphere is getting changed by chemicals or what carbon emissions or something. So they have to help by dimming the sun. Yeah. So yeah. They're kind of owning it. But, um, no, well, they are. They are. But yet there are still people out there who believe that this is a laughable, you're an idiot if you believe mm-hmm. that these yes. are anything but con trails, not chemtrails, but con trails. And I, I mean, I know I, it's just another one of those things like COVID, right? Um, yes. But yeah, even though they're saying it, you know, and, and there was the, there was also a, a news report not too long ago where like a um, a meteorologist like um, tracked these planes that were uh, cloud seeding, um, and they're like, "These are we're not making the clouds. We're just making the clouds bigger and rain more in each cloud." You know, um, and mm. it's like talking about how cool it was and state of the art, and that's how we're gonna. And it worked so well in California that we had to stop the the program last year, the year that we got like. Um, you know, a thousand times more rain and snow than we did, uh, than we have in, in a very long time. They admit that they did it. And then still people are like, no, no, it's not, nothing to see here. No. Mm-mm. Well, it's the people who are just watching the local news or ABC, Brian Muir or whatever. They're just seeing a certain viewpoint and they defend it because they think that's the real news and everything outside of that is just tinfoil hat kind of thing. Yeah. They they have consciousness that we're being propagandized and that propaganda is legal. And it hurts yeah, their right. feelings to think that they're going to get angry at you because how dare you infringe right. their view of reality, you know, because, hey, that is sacred. <laughs> Brian Muir, that little time with him, very special. Even the local news, it's so weird. They keep talking about climate change, global warming, the planet's getting hotter. It's just so funny to see the local news, like people who live in your area say the exact same talking points. It's kind of eerie. I can see why people I can see why people are not questioning it. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's real, and, well, yeah, that and like there, there seems to be like a shift even so that like if you disagree that that cow farts are causing global warmings. I mean, we're literally talking about gas emissions from cows. Um, mm-hmm. So, so you know, if you don't believe that, then you are responsible for killing the planet. Um, same thing with COVID. If you don't believe every little thing right down to the six foot rule mark, you know, six, you know, you got to stay six feet away. Um, then you are literally killing grandma and so on and so forth. Like, you know, I don't even like say what you will about Alex Jones. Like some people love him. Some people hate him. But, you know, when, when he questioned Sandy Hook, he literally had people calling him and asking him why he murdered those children. That, that's not fair. That's not fair. We have to be able to question everything, whether or not you like Alex Jones. 
he has the yeah. freedom of speech to ask those questions and he is not harming anyone by asking those questions because if God forbid he's right, we should be thinking about that. We should know about it. We should be examining everything. Nothing should be off limits. Right. And it's not yeah. it's not hurting anybody to ask those questions. Yeah. When did we it, get geez. Well, I know, I, I, I agree, and I, you know, I think it's come on gradually, um, it, you know, through trauma-based mind control, and this little COVID psyop that just happened um, was, was really pushing um, the social norms, and, um, you know, and, and basically, like, you, you know, even like anybody with a very basic scientific education knows that there that there has to be a you know a peer review um not peer review but like um uh scientific debate there has to be a debate the questions have to be able to be debated or it's not really the scientific method um yet people were completely because i believe because mm-hmm. of their trauma based mind control completely throwing out um these basic scientific rules to rush to shut up anybody like well, wait a second, are you, you know, why was there no debate allowed on a novel virus? How are you ever, how are you ever supposed to be able to pump out authoritative um, uh, um, data and uh, not even just data, but um, guidance on the public for a public health emergency when you're making it up on the fly and then turning around and saying that anybody who questions this science is, is you know, a danger mm-hmm. to society. Now police officers can tackle people who aren't wearing masks. You know, now people, you know, you can get kicked mm-hmm. out of a grocery store for going the wrong way down down a food aisle. You know, um, <laughs> it, it, it's just, um, and, and then we find out um, that all of these things were not scientifically proven by any any ways. As a matter of fact, it, it flies in the face of, of every other pandemic that, that we know of, as, you know, as far as viruses go. You know, they, we, we know that the, the particles of a virus are smaller than a mask. It, it's, it's complete bullshit. If you've got the virus and you're shedding, you're going to give it to somebody. But now all of a sudden we have asymptomatic spread, which has never been a thing in a virus. Some people will say typhoid Mary, right? Well, what about typhoid Mary? She passed it around. Typhoid is a bacteria. It's, it's not a virus. <laughs> it's not a virus, you know? And so yeah, still... If I can, I don't want to interrupt your trans thought, but I was with my mom and, and her partner, and first her partner caught COVID from his ear, nose, and throat guy, doctor. And so he came down with it, and then she started getting it, and I tested all three of us, and I was just had a little tiny, like a little bit scrunchy throat, and but I was taking a lot of remedies, and I was kind of on top of it. I tested all three of us, and I did not test positive, but my mom's came back in conclude came back COVID. And then I think I tested us all again, and we all had it because we were all sick, so, so sick. But I tested myself when I was asymptomatic pretty much, but had just, like, felt hot, flushed, a little bit of a sore throat. So I just, I don't know. I don't buy it. And I remember that one guy tested, like, uh, 
piece of fruit and a goat or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was in Africa. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, the, and I think that dude ended up dead. I think they ended up killing yeah. him. Um, he did, right? Yeah. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so people I are can... still like, yeah, no, all of this is right. Here, here's the other one about the COVID test is that if it's so transmissible that you, it, that it's in your spit, it's, it's aerosolized, why the fuck mm-hmm. do you have to stick that thing so far up your nose? Why can't you just spit into a cup? What, what is going okay. on here? Yeah, they really were hurting people by shoving it up there. Yeah. Heard stories about that. So I don't know. I, I, I've been kind of like a like a pretty big skeptic of COVID from, from the beginning. Um, and I, and I think I actually had COVID to be honest, um, you know, back in the, mm-hmm. like in 2019, um, I ended up in the hospital and had uh, to have two kidney mm-hmm. surgeries, but I, but they weren't what? testing for it then. Yeah. But oh, they weren't testing for it then, but I had all of the COVID symptoms and then it attacked my kidneys um, but it was in 2019, you know, COVID-19, when they weren't testing for it, when they were letting it just circulate. Oh, yes. I got really sick then, too. But Yes, a lot I, of people. Did. I was around a lot of kids. I was working with kids. I was around. I was doing children's entertainment at two children's birthday parties. One was, like, all Mexican kids, um, and then one was mostly kids. African, I think they were like not great English speakers at both of these parties. Was kind of, or no, wait, the second one I think was Middle Eastern kids. But it was just weird. I had exposure to two populations that were not English speaking, and I got really sick afterwards. I was around kids who felt very hot to the touch and were coughing and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah I was going around. Well, we know that okay, we we know the first place that it landed in in um in the United States because um it, this is really interesting because I was very like into this kind of to researching every bit of covid that I could possibly get my hands on. I watched all of the press conferences. Um mm-hmm. and we know that the first place it landed was in uh, October of 2019, that's the, um, the first one we can officially track with the government because the, the um, military games were going on um, and it, they were going on in Wuhan. Wuhan. So we know that there, hmm. there were soldiers infected with um, the virus that landed in Seattle. And that was where the first confirmed case was that they tell us about in the news. But it was already circulating for months and months, you know, I think the first one that they picked up was in February of 2020. And we're talking about October of 2019 is they, they know they knew it landed because it was an official thing with the military. They knew it landed in Seattle in, in October of 2019. So, you know, hmm. it was already here and spreading. Go ahead. Military games in Wuhan. What do you mean by that? It's like the it's like the Olympics of the military, like all of the the military, yeah, from all around the world. Like I'm sure they're I'm sure it's not everything every military, but um, the big ones. Uh, and that year it was in Wuhan in 2019. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And then and the nerve of calling us tinfoil hat wearers, those of us who said we mm-hmm. thought it originally. 
racist. Yep. And and what really gets me though is like the the virtue signaling is so strong on so many levels that even if you question the origin, um, you're a racist, right? Except what, what, did, what did they do? What did the media do? What, what did they try to blame it on? They tried to blame it on the food supply of some of the poorest people in the world. Mm. That's, they tried to take away the food <laughs> of the, some of the poorest people in the world in order to cover up what they released. Isn't that disgusting? Yeah. And they have the nerve to say mm. shit about us and, and who we are, you know, how, who, how we hate people and we're racist and we're killing grandma. You, they have the nerve. Mm. I mean, ugh, just gross. Yeah. Now aren't they saying that they think it does come, isn't the FBI finally saying that they think it probably did come from a lab? Yes, yes, and what my what mom left out in that um, when she was talking about um, Fauci's closed door hearing is that it says it says COVID um, COVID six foot distancing guidance just appeared quote unquote um, and was probably not scientific admits Anthony Fauci and then the second part of that is former White House medical uh, White House medical advisor also tells Republican committee that Wuhan lab leak explanation is not just a conspiracy theory. This is from Anthony Science Fauci. He, you know, is saying this Uh, to Congress. He's saying that the lab leak story isn't just a theory. Is that what you just said? Yeah. The former, uh, this is what he told Congress under oath was that the six foot thing just appeared Mm -hmm. And that uh, the former medical advisor also tells Republican committee uh, that Wuhan lab leak explanation is, quote, not just a conspiracy theory, end quote. Can I have my YouTube channel back, please? (laughs) Yeah. You should should ask. Yeah, I, I just checked and I'm still suspended. But that's ridiculous. Do you know how many times I got put in Facebook jail? I'm still to this point right now. I'm not able to to go live on Facebook. I, uh, you know, I I'll probably never get my YouTube channel back. It's disgusting. And I was right. Why did I know more than Saint Anthony Science Fauci? You know, why did I do? You know, I I'm not <laughs> I'm not a scientist. You know, why did I know more? Well, it was common you, sense. You were poking holes in their narrative and they wanted to present a united front so they wanted to shut you down because you're oh, making yeah. people question their I'm still waiting yeah. for the apology letters that and about uh, pedogate too I should be any day now well what's the next thing coming down the pike what is the next thing well we're dealing with the fallout from whatever mysterious Thing could be causing excess mortality. Yeah. I heard it was hydroxychloroquine now. Say that again? I heard it was a hydroxychloroquine now. Or was it, or, or was it ergometrin? I, I don't know. One of the two, they're saying it's like 17,000 excess deaths. Now they're just trying to like point fingers, or grasp at any, any you know, data that they possibly can to, to blame anything but the shots, right? Anything but the shots. Because they're going to have a lot of explaining to do when people realize how many excess deaths we had. 
Well, they're just hoping there won't be enough people around, I guess. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, I uh, honestly, though, you know, for it seems like um, there's all the I, I hear about all these excess deaths. I see a lot of excess deaths stories, you know, um, but the rent's mm-hmm. not getting any cheaper and um, traffic's not getting any better. I don't know. Like, they're at least not you know, yeah. doing any, it's not, the numbers are not impacting San Diego, I don't think. Well, they're herding everybody into the cities, and then, at least in Denver area, they're creating a lot of high-density housing, mm-hmm. and it gives you the, it gives you the feeling that there's a lot of people around. Right. Most people are leaving the country and leaving the small towns and coming to the cities. That makes the sense. Agenda 21 or whatever. Yeah, like the 15-minute city city stuff. And, and you know, honestly, like the, the idea of 15-minute cities is is nice. In you know, it's a it's a good theory. Yeah. But like knowing what we know of, about the people who control the automation, uh, no thanks. Um, not yet. Mm-hmm. Not until we have a free and fair you know market um, way of living. I, no, <laughs> until we get these reptiles out of out of out of power, no thanks, because they'll just use it to to cage us in. Yeah, because we used to naturally have city centers, walkable cities. That's what we had up until probably the invention of the automobile, and then they started to decentralize cities so that people would have to drive more. That was all. Yeah. Weird. And now they're yeah. suddenly saying, we got to conserve on resources and not have emissions. So you all have to be in a certain amount of space. You have to be, you know, have your travel limited. That's scary. That is scary. And especially like um, around San, Die- San Diego, they're, do- they're rolling out this program and they're rolling it out very badly where they're taking Oh, what you know, at a time where there's um, more cars than ever, they're taking away lanes in major like high traffic areas and giving and putting in bike lanes or walk lanes. Um, mm-hmm. And, and like, to the point right now, like we were just driving um, in Carlsbad and there it's it's quite ridiculous that they've got a bigger bike lane than than car lane. It used to be two car lanes and now it's like three quarters of a car lane and, a, and you know, mm-hmm. the rest is bike lane. Oh, they've done that in certain areas here as well. Yeah. And that's really yeah. hard for the businesses. They've also done the thing where they just shut down all the streets and say, it's just walkable for a couple of days. This is called, they call it Viva Streets. Nobody likes it. It always hurts the businesses. Yeah, yeah. Kind of test run to see how people will do without, you know, streets that accommodate automobiles. Yeah. Okay. And here's another one. And and COVID, you know, ushered this in. And I don't know if it's like that Mm -hmm. where you are, but in San Diego, um, because of COVID indoor dining wasn't possible, but we live in San Diego, so we can eat outside, you know, as, as much as we want um, almost all year round. Um, But so they expanded into the parking spots on the streets and, um, 
and then they just never gave up the 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 patios and and, mm. and of course like the, the media's like you know vendors fight the city to keep what's theirs you know and it's like wait a minute that was just a temporary measure because of covid you know like <laughs> but they're not but they're just here like nobody's taking them down and but it is pretty yeah. funny though it's part of those it's part of those covid mandates that just made no sense right right you can't, exactly you can't spread covid if you're outside well let's build a tent and you can sit in this tent and we'll serve you your dinner right how yeah, is that different? we don't even have tents here we just know. yeah we don't even have tents here but we don't it doesn't rain we don't even need them oh my gosh yeah, so they just they're just yeah. permanent structures now. Although I, I was I don't know about your state, but in California they they allowed us to take to go alcohol drinks. Um, hmm. like to would you like a margarita to go? And they like give it to you in like a cup with a straw. It's like oh okay this is this is normal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just allowed to take this in my car now. Are you sure? Oh yeah 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 that that loves get it before <laughs> and now. You couldn't buy alcohol to go during the or what? Okay, so let me just think this through. So they stopped serving alcohol at establishments during COVID, but you could buy it to go. Is that what you're saying? No, no, they closed down things like bars that didn't. The the line was if you served food, then you could serve alcohol. Right. And so if you're if you're a restaurant and and eat and but a lot of restaurants were closed indoors. And so takeout was a huge thing that was promoted curbside. Right. You you get your your meal. But like if you're at a restaurant, let's say you're at a Mexican restaurant and you want a margarita, um, you can order a to go margarita alongside with your to go food. And that was and everyone was cool with that. You know, just. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you remember that you could uh, have to wear the mask when you're standing in the restaurant, but you could take the mask off when you sat down? That was that was ridiculous. That was, and that was just like admitting the whole thing was a farce. It, oh God, uh, it, it's so it, it was so ridiculous. And the and the menus. Okay, so we we, uh, we really think that COVID's going to stick to you know, plastic, like you, you can't get a laminated menu and wipe it off. You you have to do, now I have to do a QR code on my table. I have to, I have to do that now. Um, Mm -hmm. There's not much about this. Yeah. And it then, it puts more stuff online where it can be normalized to just be online for everything and everything Mm -hmm. you do online can be, surveilled so maybe that's part of the surveillance state that they wanted to usher in with COVID who knows yeah yeah they use this they definitely use this to their advantage as much as they possibly could um and you know and in some ways it was better for us too like and you know like like we can work a lot of people can work remotely a lot of people are super getting really really burnt out um going in doing the nine to five grind you know so I think that it. <laughs> Some of it was good, but most of it was just evil. Yes. Here's one other funny thing I remember. For a while, they wouldn't accept cash at retail stores. 
Like, mm. I remember going to, I think it was Ross Dress for Less or something like that, and they wouldn't accept cash. They would only accept card. But then, you, yeah. Mm. But then you, I think I'm remembering this correctly. It was weird. It was a weird time. So Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember change. They they, they said there was a change shortage. Um, And so, like, for a while, like, if I, if something was, like, you know, 1701, uh, they were just like, sorry about your, your bad luck. Sorry about you. (laughs) We'll just, we'll just put this on your Ralph's rewards points or something. And I'm like, what? And then, and then, like, I don't know about you, but I was one of the ones that definitely fought the mask. I, you know, I just stopped wearing masks in places. I got in a, a lot of, um, like, scuffles about it. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, you know, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Like, I, I just couldn't do it. I knew that they were not only, it's like, I, I can understand the issue, you know, like the argument of, well, I'm just going to do it to like go along to get along kind of thing. I don't want to like put anybody's noses out of, out of joint. What's the harm? Well, when you mm-hmm. know what the harm actually is, you know, I just could not do it. I, I won't. There are some mm-hmm. things that I'll do that I'll do, like um, go along to get along. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, if it's I, something that I know to be harmful to me, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. it and I'm not going to make my children do it. Um, and so, that's that's, yeah, and we didn't. If you're to risk that, that's great. If, yeah. Sometimes confrontation can just be such a bummer. And God yeah. knows, going into someplace like Costco or Ross Dress for Less, there's always tons of people coughing and sniffling. It's, it is really gross. Yeah, and they're coughing like, and sniffling into arguing, what? Like, I kind of want it. I don't want to be, I want that six-foot distancing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of actually saying to somebody who was trying to get closer to me at the bank about a month ago, he was coughing, sniffling, flushed. I was just like, oh, I do not want to be near this lady. I'm just going to pull that COVID card and just say, I'm trying to distance. So you sound like you're... You might be sick, so I'm just doing this thing because I live with someone immune compromised. And she says, oh, thank you, thank you so much for telling me. I mean, it was sweet, but I'm just like, it was kind of funny, but I do see both sides in a way. But here is my other thing that I was going to say. Okay, first of all, that was weird that they didn't want cash and kind of points to that maybe this is normalizing cashless society. I don't know. I guess it wasn't standardized enough to really say like, oh, that's what the agenda was there. But then having the keypad for the card that you're supposed to touch, (laughs) come on. That's like an admission. Like this is just a farce. That's another one of those things like you can sit down in a restaurant without your mask. Except for, I guess, Anthony Fauci said, put the mask on between bites. <laughs> oh, my God. But that, key, that keypad, I thought, you're touching this keypad. You're telling me that my life is in danger. We're in a pandemic. This is like the Spanish flu or whatever. It's going to kill everybody if we're not super careful. But then I'm just supposed to touch this keypad after paying for my groceries or whatever. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting very silly the the one that actually like kind of like bugged me too was uh 
I don't. Do you are you in a state? Do you have like the the reusable ban, uh, reusable bag situation where you have to pay ten cents a bag? Yes. Okay. Totally. So I had just gotten used to bringing in my bags, right? I had a system, uh-huh. <laughs> and then COVID hits, and they're like, they're like, no bags, no, no, you can't, you cannot bring them in. No, right? And then they said, okay, fine, you can, you can, you can bring them in now. Um, and so I started bringing them in. The first time I brought them in, I sat them on the counter, and the lady, the checker, was like, "You have to pick those up. That's, you know, that's an infection control violation." I'm, I'm like, I am not sick. Oh my gosh! I said, I'm getting really sick of being treated like a leper. They're making everyone insane. Yes. Yes. That, and that was, that was the point. It's that, that is the trauma-based mind control element of it, is that people will just go along with whatever uh, they're told because they're so afraid. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it's sad, really. Um, it, it's sad, <laughs> it, but uh, um, I'm more upset um, at people trying to take away my freedoms than understanding how people got in this situation, you know, and being empathetic to it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, understanding is also a way of defending yourself. If you can understand how I got there, you can hopefully explain it to people or avoid it. But it is done intentionally and probably as a form of depopulation to usher in the shots. I came across something really interesting that I wanted to introduce. And this is Brzezinski's Haddock Plan for the Mexican population. Have you ever heard about that? No, not at all. I'll just read you a tiny bit of this. On August 11, 1980, the Mexico City newspaper El Geraldo published an eight-column front-page story, Brzezinski Tries to Destabilize Mexico. La Rouge, end quote. In it, El Geraldo reproduced extensive excerpts of the 1980 draft Democratic Party program of U.S. Democratic presidential candidate Lyndon H. LaRouche in what LaRouche accused U.S. National Security Advisor Zbigniew Brzezinski of trying to implement the quote-unquote paddock plan for Mexico. The ultimate purpose of Brzezinski's action, LaRouche charged, was to keep Mexico in maximum economic backwardness, induce the process of Iran, Iranization, so like Iran, and through the resulting destabilization, take control of Mexico's oil. The original impetus for LaRouche's charges were de- declarations made by Paddock in the 1975-76 period that the Mexican population must be reduced by half. Feel the border and watch them scream. Asked how the population would fall so drastically, Paddock explained at the time, quote, by the usual means, famine, war, and pestilence, unquote. LaRouche characterized this as a policy of genocide 
and linked it to the policy planners of the then incoming Carter administration in a major nationwide election Eve television broadcast on November 1st, 1976, viewed by a minimum of 20 million Americans. So, kind of gives you pause. If that's what they were planning for Mexico, what were they planning for us? That's that's pretty that's pretty insane. Yeah, I'll send you this link. I would like to. I need to read this whole article. I just heard about it in a discussion. I wonder if there's any relationship to the Brzezinski um, on Morning Joe. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, we all know how intertwined her, they are. Wasn't her family part of intelligence? I'm usually. You know, you've What's heard of uh, Mockingbird, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Anyway, I've just been wanting to discuss this. We can even talk about it. I can send you this article and we can have a deeper discussion about it sometime. Yeah, for sure. Since we plan for other countries, at least our government is somewhat transparent about that, at least after the fact. It takes a while to learn about it. Right. It and yeah, I mean, right. And then there's like things like Operation Northwoods where they actually tried to do what they did uh, the same script they did on 9-11, but blame it on Cuba. Mm. Yeah, that is really bad. I was just going to send you this, but I've got some problems with my computer. I'll do that later. Okay. But yeah, that definitely uh, makes you think about that Malthusian doctrine of population control and what kind of death cult we're dealing with in our elites they really want for us. Um, Even though have, have you done much research on the tunnel they found under the, um, or in Brooklyn, the, what is it? The Hasidic temple. I just, I watched a few things about it. I sent you some of them. Yeah, I, I just did that. I went to research it some more, and I found this article saying it's really it's sparking conspiracy theories. It's just a tunnel, guys. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, what's the big deal? There's tunnels everywhere. Yeah, they're just filling it in with concrete. Yeah. Oh it. God. Yeah. Uh. Arrested, but it's just because they were protesting. You know that they had to shut down the tunnels because it's good transportation. I don't know what they're saying, but what about you? Have you researched it a little bit more at all? Uh, not not really. Um there there's a there's a funny Jimmy Dore on it. Um but the um I, I guess the the only thing that um Jimmy Dore got wrong is what's it called? Is it a mikfa that they said that they were digging to? A um, not a let's see, hold on. Jewish, uh, it's like a Jewish bath, like purifying bath. Oh, uh, I don't know. About Tell me about that. Okay, that one it's thing called... that I saw that so so creepy. It's a mix. Oh. 
okay, so so this is this is the deal is that they were they were digging it apparently to a mic a male mikva, which is you know I guess yeah. Go ahead. I remember that now. They had also a couple of questionable things. You'll probably get to that. A baby high chair and a soiled child's mattress in there. Yeah, that I have. That's what I heard. Um, Let's see. Sorry, that's okay. It's a so it's a, a ritual bath derived uh, from ancient nations uh, of purity and impurity. So, it's, so digging it to a ritual site, okay. Oh. Um, and but Jimmy, the host, I forget his name, who was filling in for Jimmy Dore, said, "I've never heard about uh, a male mikvah, but definitely there are. Just females use it more often because they're supposed to do it every time they they stop their period." So that's, you know, like a monthly thing. Um, And there are other times, like something to do with childbirth. um, And I think men only do it like five times in a lifetime or something like that. Um, But there are definitely male mikvahs. Like the strangest thing is that these ritual sites have to be, um, have a source uh, um, that comes from natural water. Um, and so that means that it's, it's filled from under, and I think it has to be filled from underground, uh, water. Um, and so like, I'm not really sure of how many springs are flowing under Brooklyn, you know, but is, so is that, is that weird or is that, or am I just reading too deep into that? And how long, how long has it been there? I heard that it was within the last six months. The tunnel, yeah, but um, they they said that they were digging it to this ritual site. Oh, this ritual site of yeah. Um, it must have been okay. Okay, so here it is. So the mikvah is not merely a pool of water. It must be composed of um, of stationary, not flowing waters, and must contain a certain okay, and must contain a certain percentage of waters derived from a natural source, such as a lake. Um, an ocean or rain. Um, so that's very specific. Um, and so they must have to uh, bring in this kind of, um, they, they have to bust it in or something. I don't know. But um, they're digging this tunnel to this ritual mikvah pool of water. They're digging a tunnel to it. They could just start in the location of wherever that is underground. Like, why do they need a tunnel? That sounds kind of weird. Right, right. Why do you not want to be seen going into this, you know, in or out of this, um, of this place, of this mikvah? Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's weird. It's getting covered up. I'm not liking it. Yeah, here I, I looked it up, and the two headlines I see from the AP are illegal synagogue tunnel in NYC destabilized other buildings. And then the other one is discovery of a tunnel at a Chabad synagogue spurs. Spurs, hold on. False claims and conspiracy theories. Now, how can they say these are false claims or conspiracy theories when we just don't know? That's what yeah. I don't like, is that they're they're shutting down the conversation. If we're wrong, 
so be it. I'm happy to be wrong. I don't care about being wrong. Right. But and, and it's a false before you prove otherwise. Right. Well, this is the this is the Pizzagate ripple effect. I think um, they were able to shut down uh, that Pizzagate thing. You know, conspiracy theory. Uh, fairly violently or, or the, the, you know, it was um, acted out mm-hmm. violently in, in public. Right. So we know that. And we know that the dude, um, you know, there were so many holes to that story. Like why, if this guy was going to rescue the kids, why was he shooting at them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like kid, another one of those basic logic things. And then Megan Kelly does a puff piece on James Elephantis. And, you know, you, when you were only trying to do good works, you know, like all you were doing was just being a hardworking business owner, you know, and it's just gross. It's just an argument in a way, right? They're constructing something and saying that we're saying that, and then they are knocking down the argument. But it's like, hey, we didn't say that. Case in point, I just looked a little bit deeper on this AP article, and it says, the claim, the conspiracy theory, and I've never heard this and I've never said this, the claim is the tunnel is connected to a local children's museum. The fact the tunnel does not connect to the Jewish Children's Museum, which is located across the street from Shabbat's headquarters. Um, I don't remember anybody claiming that. Maybe they did, but that's not what I'm worried about when I think about a baby high chair and soiled child's mattress in a tunnel. That's not what I'm thinking about. Children's museum. Nope. Exactly. Right. My worry is that they're going to play off of the script of, um, of Pizzagate, Comet Pizza, and also tie in the crazy Palestinian protesters, right? And they're going to go into a Jewish neighborhood and they're going to go try to save some children you know that that would be my concern is that they 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 allow that scene to be played out um you know mm-hmm. probably a, a full-blown jesse smollett um hoax and no re, you know reality to it but that's what's going to be in the uh, in the headlines to bolster everything that we've got our hands in right now israel um, you know, covering up mm. the pedophiles and and all, you know, getting everybody to, to be on uh, on the evil people's side, honestly, uh, by by same mm. means as they did Comet Pizza. The guy going in with the gun mm-hmm. and making making himself look like a crazy person, and then everybody can point the finger and say, "Oh, those people who think something here, they're violent." They're stupid. They're mm-hmm. impulsive. They want to. They want to genocide yeah. the Jews. Uh, yeah, that's a so real. We need to be really enough. vigilant about that. Yes. Um, I, I and uh, one that I'm. I will be glad if I'm wrong about. But I seem to have this crystal ball. You know that I can kind of see these things coming a little bit. And, um, and it's not like, you know, I'm getting messages from, you know, the other side or anything. It's just, you just have to read the headlines to know what's going on, to know what they've got planned to, you know, just the under mm-hmm. to the ch- tunnel to the children's museum. 
Yeah, that's so weird because I haven't heard one person say that in the, you know, what what do you want? We're not conspiracy theories in my estimation, but that community of people who are looking at alternate sources of news, I have not heard Children's Museum mentioned one time. So no. I've, I've heard really, the, the mattress and the high chair a couple times, never that one. Yeah, because I think the mattress and the high chair are actual items. Maybe we can find them reported on in the so-called mainstream news source and hmm, validate. Oh, yeah, there's uh, something fishy about it. Go ahead. There was one other thing I saw. We were talking about Epstein last week, and I saw this, and it's probably something you've heard about already, but I want to read something about McCain's, McCain's um, uh, what do you call it, his foundation, that that was also connected. So I'll just read it. Was. It was somebody's tweet, someone named Jonathan. So who knows who that is. Hopefully he's good. Good source. It sounds like he is. Update. There's panic spreading throughout the upper echelon of our intel agencies and many of the private public NGOs, non-government organizations, and nonprofits that support the work and work closely with them right now. That recently disclosed Clinton Foundation and Jeffrey Epstein, parentheses Mossad link, is just an absolute disaster for them, 100% mortal wound. And unfortunately for them, not everyone in our agencies and military has compromised or is willing to disregard their oath to the Constitution. Court docs just revealed Jeffrey Epstein was part of the original group that established what we know today as the Clinton Foundation. And then here's something else where it says, hey, y'all, remember that time the McCain Institute was caught stealing donations that were supposed to be earmarked for fighting human trafficking, but they sent them to the Arizona State University Foundation instead? Yeah, that was neat. Oh, look, the Rothschild was there. A Rothschild was there, too. What a world. And this is McCain, this is the headline, McCain Institute caught stealing millions in child trafficking donations. Um, let's see. The McCain Institute claims it exists to fight human trafficking, but despite receiving millions in donations from Saudi Arabia, the Rothschilds, and Bloomberg, it has been revealed that none of the money was spent on fighting human trafficking. Funds from the McCain presidential campaign were also quietly funneled into the McCain Institute's coffers, raising the possibility the Institute exists as a money laundering front. The McCain Institute is a huge operation featuring upwards of 80 people, including dozens of full-time staff and board. Saudi Arabia donated a million to McCain Institute in 2014 in what looks suspiciously like a Clinton Foundation-style pay-to-play donation, leading many to believe the secret donations explain why he has a certain viewpoint about the Middle East. Members including, 
board members include Ashton Kutcher, Lady Lynn Forrester de Rothschild. Anyway, I thought that was interesting and maybe you And know doesn't Rothschild have doesn't Rothschild have excuse me, um have a uh, a connection with uh David Brock too? Hmm. I didn't I don't know about that, but I'm sure you're right. Maybe I mean I I'm pulling out like this is um pulling off the cobwebs on this one cuz it's been a while. Um let me let me do some research but I but I'm pretty sure I know that there was a picture of them together it, so <clears throat> it was either at the same function or it was a family portrait let me see um Rothschild David Brock Let's see. Hmm. Lynn Forrester, De Rothschild at home. Okay, hold on. Yeah, it's still on Instagram. Uh, so Rothschild, Lynn Forrester, De Rothschild, and David Brock at the home of Lynn Forrester, De Rothschild, seen on Instagram of James Elefantes. Um, okay, yeah, so they know each other. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of them of David Brock at Lynn's house. So it's just rings within rings within rings. All of these assholes know each other. Um, and yeah, the sooner we get people to see it, the the better. Um, speaking of Epstein, I started watching, uh, it seems like a new season of the Epstein documentary, but focusing on Ghislaine. And it is such a suck up. You know, like it's it's really mm-hmm. an attempt to to make you know, gosh, to, to get people to be like, really, this isn't that bad. Like this one, and not to diminish like quote unquote victims. Like if you're an actual like real victim, you should come forward. But this lady come out, comes out, tells her story, is definitely represented, um, and it's she she was an employee at Bergdorf Goodman's. Uh, Ghislaine, I, I guess, worked with her on, like, maybe she was her, her private sh- shopper or whatever, and then went to a hotel room, and they and Ghislaine and Epstein started having sex in front of her, and she was very uncomfortable, and he grabbed her boob. And it's like, and then I left, <laughs> and I'm shocked, and I'm I'm scarred for life. How could these monsters do this to me? You know, and everybody that they focused on was over 18. You know, until I stopped watching it, maybe they got into the kids later, but the, the it was such a, like a puff piece, basically. Like, yeah. oh, they had a hot sex life with consenting adults that were uncomfortable. Okay, here's a little bit something more about the Southern Trust. Okay, so the, anyway, I'm just going to read the rest of this Twitter thread that was interesting it's not going to be very much more but just to oh, kind yeah, of no problem i'm enjoying finish the okay are you going to talk about mccain institute how lynn de rothschild is on the board a lot of money went through it anyone who signed a multi-million contract with the company was either a rube or an accomplice mrs de rothschild was named chairwoman of the bank in january 2015 that October, she and Epstein negotiated a $25 million contract for Epstein's Southern Trust Co. 
company to provide, quote, risk analysis and the application and use of certain algorithms for the bank, according to proposal reviewed by the journal. In 2019, after Epstein was arrested, the bank said that Mrs. Rothschild never met with Epstein and it had no business links with him. So, I don't know. That's interesting. I wasn't sure where that was going with the... I thought they were going to say that the McCain Institute also had connection with Jeffrey Epstein, but have you heard anything about that? Hmm, not that I'm aware of. Let me do a little bit of research on it. I know that um, McCain is a hum- is def- was a human trafficker, sex trafficker, um, child sex trafficker. McCain. Yeah, it sounds like that because he had a human sex trafficking uh, organization to protect people from it. That's usually the first sign that you should investigate further because people with that kind of access could mm-hmm. be doing something bad so you got to check it out yeah washington's examiner this is where cindy mccain admits we all knew about epstein we all knew Mhm. oh really but just that on that information cindy yeah we all knew what, what he was exactly? doing yeah how much did you know yeah, well, I mean, when you look, like I, I talked about this a little bit last week, but when you look at it on paper, you know, how does this dude, I mean, yes, I uh, I understand that, you know, hedge funds and, and things like that are, are profitable, but certainly not profitable enough to have the most expensive man, mansion in Manhattan and a private island and bought a second private island and uh, Zoros Ranch and uh, West yeah. Palm Beach, Florida. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Especially you know, when he's a hedge fund. Nobody ever saw him do any hedge funds. He didn't have a hedge fund, I don't think. Right. Also, he got he in, a, he, was a, he was a professor, a teacher at the Dalton School. Did you know that? I remember hearing that he was a teacher. Yeah, yeah at the Dalton School, which is a, a very high-end, you know, girls' school. Um, and hmm. the dean at the time was, Will, was Bill Barr's father. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, but no, nothing to see here. Yeah, what are the chances of that happening just by, you know, randomly? And that's kind of why I was like, I don't know about about Bill Barr. You know, he's definitely in the right place, um, you know, to to be, um, you know, manipulated, to be uh, controlled. But on the other hand, if Bill Barr was abused as a child, which which I suspect he was, um, then maybe he would have some empathy and compassion for these people and want to stop it. But it turns out, no, he's he's uh, uh, sadly he's on the other side. You just have to wonder if people are being controlled by threats. Seems likely. Yes, yeah, stress, blackmail. Yeah, exactly. And that's why everybody is so in, you know, in lockstep when it comes to um to Israel, their support of Israel. It's because Israel has all the yeah. same um same dirt on all of our politicians and the geopolitical political economic um elites, I hate using that word, 
of the world, all these Mossad and the CIA has dirt on all of them. And a lot of them, they have videos of them having sex with children. Yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't it? Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised that people are not making this connection. Uh, you know, and I'm surprised, you know, like we talked about that Leslie Wexner, um, you know, pulling out of Harvard because of, you know, the anti-Semitic, you know, things that are going on there. Um, and then everybody's like, yes, well done, well done, you know, get out of that trash school. Like, like we did, like we all just have amnesia now and forgot that he supported Jeffrey Epstein, gave him that mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And Here's I feel like... I'm, go ahead. 89% of, 89% of our senators in Congress hold dual citizenship with Israel. Have you heard about that? Yes, yes. Um, and I bet you every one of them has, uh, most of them have sex tapes, you know? Yeah, that would, like, yeah. why would or, so many, they're not Jewish, why do so many have dual citizenship? Right, right. And even before I learned about, um, you know, about Mossad and Epstein, um, I called Israel America 2.0. We fund it, you know, we shape their opinions. They do basically what we do. Their Their army's not, you know, really big enough to be uh, to be on its own like if if the US withdrew its aid its military mm-hmm. aid its humanitarian aid um they you know they are they are the are we fund them more than we fund any other country so um if we pulled out they would not be able to to do the things that they were doing we definitely enable it yes they're basically a finger on the hand of the US or U.S. military-industrial complex, not not the U.S., like the country with the people and what people want and know yeah. about and how they want to spend their tax dollars. It's crazy. It's really strange how they've taken on the mantle that, that basically of racism and yeah. what appeared to be how a Nazi wouldn't behave. Now they're doing that. Right, right. While simultaneously saying that, um, oh, I, I took a picture of it. Thank goodness. Somebody on Twitter said, doo, doo, doo. oh, this is the prime minister of Israel. Um, I'm like, yeah, some guy. Yeah, the prime verified Twitter account of the prime minister of Israel says, in the murder tunnels of Gaza, our forces have found copies of Hitler's Mein Kampf um, and, uh, in a home in Gaza. They found a, ch- a child's tablet with a picture of Hitler as the screensaver. Oh, give me a break. Uh, what does that have to do with anything if it, someone in Gaza is looking at Mein Kampf? They're, are you saying that it's the Israeli soldiers that are... Yeah, are venerating Hitler. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's, and and that you know what? And that's why I'm I'm so shocked. Like that Clay and Buck, the the people who took over for for Rush Limbaugh, they're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, these people are pure evil. They, um, you know, they won't stop until, um, you know, every Jew in the world is dead from the river to the sea. They said it right there. See. See, they admit it. 
They admit it. What, what do you mean they admit that Palestine will be free? No, no, it means they want to kill all Jews. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. And, and Israel has the right to defend itself from these Yeah, Hitler. but they don't because it's occupied territory. So according to the international law, the international law is actually on the side of the Gaza, the Palestinians. Yes, They're yes. the ones being occupied. So what is the world doing? We're just sitting back and doing nothing. It's refreshing to see these protests, but it's kind of a head scratcher too because we're getting genocided and nobody protested on their behalf in this country. I didn't see anybody who even knew about it. Right. Pretty, yeah. Pretty interesting. We've moved on, you know. And, and it's weird how, you know, every pro-Palestine because right like just you know as the show was starting I was reading a story about uh, Palestine uh, Palestinian protesters uh, breaking the fence of, of, of the White House to, to get in like insurrection style wow whoa <laughs> so are they going to do a hearing for them as well the new insurrection hearing for Yep, that's, yep that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never follow through with anything like that. It's convenient. I'm trying to find it now, but they, they probably will um, treat this as the new um, insurrection because they, they desperately want to, to squash all coverage in any positive way of protests for Gaza or for Palestine. Well, that's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. I'm trying because to find it now. People who are that are the same ones who apparently, I don't know. Like, I can't say anything for sure, but it seems like those are the people who were, I don't know, believed in a lot of the lies that are being told. Now, they're switching to this protesting for the, do you think these are the same people who are protesting Black Lives Matter? They were going out in the streets during the BLM protests? Unfortunately, <clears throat> I think that there are a lot of agitators in there that are the, that are the same. I never thought I would be on the same side as BLM um, when, it, when it came to protesting. And it doesn't, I mean, obviously the violent protesting isn't, isn't ideal and it shouldn't happen, but I, I never, but I do think that people should be protesting what is going on in Gaza. It's this strange mix though, because then they go, the right comes, comes back around and says that, you know, that these people are just evil, violent, Mm -hmm. you know, insurrectionists that need to get put down when just, you know, we're, we're still not done with January 6th. You really can't see what's going on. You really can't talk to these people and see that maybe maybe they have a, a little bit of a point about what they're protesting. Like I, like I said, not violently, but if you're taking to the street to demand a ceasefire um, to save people, I, I, don't, I don't see the problem with that. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's just there's no clear size anymore. And yeah, nor should not. You, people should not have to choose left or right and then go along with every single thing that side 
says is correct, who could do that? That just seems exactly because you're not investigating issues. You're just saying whatever this institution says is correct, I'm going to go along with that because I believe in this institution, this political party. From both sides, it's insane. Yes, yes, absolutely. I lost, I actually believe I lost some friends, not as many um, as left wing um, divisions. Like I lost way more saved for, uh, because of COVID, uh, not believing that narrative. But I believe I lost some friends over not supporting Israel. Oh, interesting. I did too. Yes. I had somebody that I was Facebook friends with. I loved her memes. She was always so funny. And then she just started going on and on about Israel. And I questioned one post she made about about the history of the region. And then I didn't see her anymore. I thought, okay, either she's off Facebook or she blocked me. I don't know which. But so be it. Do you know her name by chance? She has a fake name because of all the censorship. So she goes by Hort Anani. Hort Anani. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there were a couple uh, that um, I lost a, a couple over um, Sound of Freedom too, like Truthers, quote unquote Truthers. Oh, that was so yeah. weird. That was, very that was a weird one too. That was so nitpicky and weird. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, just you're supporting Zionism. And yeah, that, that was the other thing is that right before that, it's like they're calling it, you know, uh, Peta Wood or, or, you know, Zion Wood. You know, how could you possibly support these people? And then, you know, months later, they're supporting Israel in a war and, you know, in an ethnic cleansing of sorts in, in Palestine. Mm. It's, it's just upside it's down. Cool. world. It is. And at the very least, I would think that you could be neutral. You could just say, like, I'm just observing. I'm just trying to figure it out. But why would you support anybody killing kids? There's been so many civilians. Well, you might remember that that on on, on October 7th, the biggest things for weeks after this attack was that they raped and murdered and beheaded babies. Right. Yeah, and then that gives the feeling and the the sense in the people's memories, and then they say, "Oh, sorry, this is incorrect." But nobody is looking when they tell you it's incorrect. They publish that on the back page or whatever. Not that anybody reads the newspaper. My mom still believes all of it, and my point is, this feels very much like babies thrown out of incubators. It is. Yeah, it's the exact same thing as the Iraq provocations for war. Yeah, yeah. And then we felt very justified as Americans to go into that war, just like we do every time passengers die. And, like, I've got this speech about, I mean, I could go over pretty much every major war America's been in. Um, we've, you know, gotten, you know, like World War One, sinking of the Lusitania, right? We weren't interested. But then we they killed passengers, so we had to go. You know, World War Two. <laughs> You know, right. that we knew that Truman had, um, was it, yeah, Truman knew that the um, the Japanese were going to bomb Pearl Harbor, but let it happen so that we would, could build support for war, you know, it, and on and on and on, 9-11. It's just, well, 
Gulf of Tonkin incident in, in Vietnam, you know, they, they knew that never believed the war propaganda, weapons of mass destruction, you know, never believe the war propaganda, let the dust settle. And we will find out that most of this stuff is lies. Um, but yeah. there's still people right now who believe the initial propaganda of Israel, that, that babies were raped and beheaded. Yeah, that's so sensational. You got to look beyond that sensational beg to be examined, right? Is that right? Silly. Um, the next thing that happened, which I thought was really weird, was that hospital bombing, um, mm-hmm. and everybody, you know, came out and they lied. They lied because the hospital never even got bombed, and like they made. Oh. Huge deal about how the you know the Palestinian side is all just war propaganda and lies, and they wouldn't and they won't look at the stuff that happened on October seventh with critical thinking, you know about what happened. Is this war propaganda or is, did this really happen? My mom actually mm-hmm. says that I just Jesus God told me Jesus told me that it was real. Yeah. It's like how do you have a rational argument about that kind of stuff because. On top of yeah. on top of the support for Israel, there it's there's this religion foundations of religion that that we you know mm-hmm. that people Christians have blinders on when it comes to Israel. I just you know I, it's so hard to get mm-hmm. past all of the uh, mind control. What is it the Bible says that is? is causing this kind of obsession with Israel. Is it supposed to be what's supposed to happen to Israel to what is that? There's some kind of prophecy about Israel. Do you know what it is? Yeah, well, it's in the beginning of the Bible, right? That they're they're the chosen people. Jesus Christ came from, Jesus Christ was a Jew, right? Um, You know, but then, you know, the Jews killed him. So there's that. Um, I, so I'm not really sure how they they wrap. They, but I guess they say it was the Romans and not the the Jews. But it was the it, it was the Pharisees. Time so in the second coming of Jesus, something about Israel. We'll we say that again. Something about Israel is going to cause the end of the world, according to yeah. Revelation. Yeah, when there are no. When there are no bricks touching on the temple of Jerusalem is a seal. Now, there's still, and the temple got destroyed a long time ago, but there's still the Wailing Wall. That's where the people go and they, like, you know, bow to it and stuff. That is, the Wailing Wall is the last wall of the Church of Jerusalem. And so when that wall goes down, it's supposedly, according to the Bible, um, it opens one of the seals. So do they want that? Is are they trying to start World War Three? What? What's, what are they trying to they, do? They want all of that destroyed. They, you know, of course, one of the first things they did, <clears throat> excuse me, in Palestine when they uh, when they started destroying everything was destroying ancient libraries and ancient ancient mosques, which are libraries. You know, that's where the the ancient scrolls are are housed. They went for those ancient sites first in um, in Iraq too. In Afghanistan, in you know, uh, Syria, the road to Damascus. I don't know how much you know about the Bible, but the road to Damascus is a is a huge part of the Bible. Do you do you know the story, or can I just 
gospel according to, to Danielle it to you? Saul becomes Paul. Yeah. 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 Who and and Saul was a, a Pharisee. He was a high up in the you know Jewish clergy. Um, and after Jesus, you know, lived a sin-free life, died, rose in three days, he didn't just leave. He hung out for for quite some time, had dinners, had, saw, had people come over and, and touch the, the, you know, the Jesus on here, right? And um, he was, after he left, went back up, there was a big following around Jesus. And um, they, and Paul Saul was like, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to start killing Christians because they're, they're, you know, sinners, idolaters. Right. Um, And so he was doing that and he was um, driving to Damascus when he was struck down blind and Jesus came to him and said, knock that shit off. And uh, Paul, Saul said, okay, he got his, um, his sight back, changed his name to Paul and started uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ all over um, the Mediterranean Sea. Um, there was um, a woman, was it Lilith or Lyd- Lydia, a seller of purple, where she had a fleet of boats. And that's how he got to the places like, you know, the Corin- uh, Corinthian, uh, uh, or what else, um, Ephesians, Galatians, um, Thessalonia, you know, all of these places. Um, he would go and observe the people. Um, where they were, what, you know, like, uh, like, for instance, um, the, you know, I think it's the Corinthians, um, they were like the, you know, basically ancient equivalent of of Vegas, it was like the sin city. And so uh, Paul's advice to them was, all right, okay, so uh, don't marry, get right with God first, you know, if you have to get married, you know, it's better to marry than to burn. So I guess you can get married. But but get right with God before you start a family. And then in other places, he would say, you know, everybody has to be married, talking to the leaders of churches, sober, virtuous, the husband of at least one wife, blah, blah, blah. But from, from the road to Damascus, uh, he took the, the, you know, fellowship of Jesus Christ, teachings of Jesus Christ, and ex- extrapolated it to all of these places. So long story short, you know, these places where, where these things happened, where these things started, like the road to Damascus, um, are there, everything's being blown up. All of the, you know, local history um, that supports these things, um, they're going after those things first. They, they don't want these things uh, to, to, be, um, to be seen, to be believed. Um, and yes, the answer is they do want the next, step to come without people being aware of the, of what actually is going on. That whole area. There are a few things that I found just in the Bible website. Every time there is a conflict in or around Israel, many see it as a sign of the quickly approaching end times. The problem is with this is that we may eventually tire of the conflict in Israel so much so that we will not recognize when true prophetically significant events occur. Conflict in Israel is not necessarily a sign of the end times. However, the Bible does say there will be terrible conflict in Israel during the end times. That is why the time period is known as the tribulation, the great tribulation, and the, quote, time of Jacob's trouble. So 
says about Israel in the end times. There will be a mass return of Jews to the land of Israel. That's Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, and Ezekiel say that. The Antichrist will make a seven-year covenant of, quote, peace with Israel, which was that debate you guys had. The temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem. The Antichrist will break his covenant with Israel and worldwide persecution of Israel will result. Israel will be invaded. Israel will finally recognize Jesus as their Messiah. Good luck with that. Israel will be regenerated, restored, and regathered. It's just kind of makes me wonder if some of this activity is in order to manipulate people in a certain direction regarding a belief in the end times or to, I don't know, if there is a satanic cabal that rules the world or thinks they rule the world, is this important to them for some kind of reason? Well, I think the more that we live in fear and and despair, um, the more we feed the luge. And so focusing on the negative aspects, I mean, because here's the thing. Some some religions actually think that that seal has already been opened because the temp, temple because the temple in Jerusalem de- definitely has been destroyed. There's one wall left, right? But the, you know mm. people go extreme and say that no stone will touch another. So mm-hmm. you know, in regards to 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 that, you know, even if you know conflict in Israel could lead to the Wailing Wall coming down, right? It's not just going to fall down by itself. Um, but it could be in reference to, you know, the Antichrist coming and rebuilding the temple and that whole temple being destroyed, you know, it, it, but the Bible also says that no man shall know the day or the hour. So, you know, if we focus on this, then we've already lost basically, because the, the more people live in fear and and despair, um, the more energy that they have to feed on. Yeah, and I'm not saying that I think, forgive me, but I'm not saying that I'm putting credence in the prophecies of the Bible necessarily. I'm just saying there are certain people reading that and maybe they have an interest in precipitating those prophecies or relating mm-hmm. people who believe in those prophecies. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, I- I also think they call it revelation for a reason, because I don't think that the that the end is actually going to be the big boom. You know, I don't think that it's, you know, all like everybody on earth burning in hell and all of this stuff. I, I don't believe in that. But I do think it's going to be, you know, the revelation of um, of what the collective consciousness can do. Right. And so we hmm. we know that we're going to go through troubled times. You know, that's the Bible's pretty clear about it. Um, And I think that when you look around, um, you know, and it's quite the process. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. It takes a thousand years, you know. So we may be coming up to the end um, where it's it's starting to get rough. Um, But, uh, you know, Christians also also should realize that if you've read the end of the book, you know that we win. So if we have to go through a little bit of, um, you know, of negativity or, um, or strife or, you know, all of these things that come with uncomfortable 
situations. Um, it could just be that we're about to, you know, it's about to be revealed what we can do when we're not living in a, a constant state of, of fear. And that's what the end of the book Amen. is. Yeah, is that we win. <clears throat> that's great. Yeah. So, um, well, I hope well, you, that, you have a good week. I know that you've got more cold weather coming, and that's no fun. Um, yeah. So I say I hope about that. If you need to end, I understand, but I wanted to say something about this cold weather. Yeah, do it. We've got 11 minutes. We're good. Okay. So it it is viciously cold. It is unsafe to be outside for an extended period of time right now. So, of course, that begs the question of the homeless population, which is quite large in the metropolitan area around here. And my friend, he owns a coffee house, and he kept having to tell somebody to leave who was coming in, bringing his bike, and sleeping in the back room that has a couch in the coffee house. So he told his baristas, you know, you have to ask this guy to leave. He kept coming in, he kept bringing his bike, and he kept sleeping in the back room. So I guess it was yesterday, very, very cold temps, like three degrees high or something like that. And so he asked this guy to leave. And I was a bit flummoxed about this because I felt like we have a civic responsibility to the homeless. Like, where's this guy going to go? And he said, well, he can just go down the street to McDonald's. And I thought, well, okay, fair enough. But he did tell that guy to leave. And then that guy pulled a knife on him. So it just begs so many questions about housing costs, inflation, the, quote, unhoused, and then this violence erupting in the urban environment, this place that was the house. There's a lot of gentrification. A lot of soccer moms come to this coffee house along with, like, the bohemian crowd. And, um, yeah, what are these homeless people supposed to do? I was driving home the other day from downtown and just haunted by this image of somebody walking down the street wrapped in a blanket. It was kind of horrifying. That is terrible. Yeah. And then there's this one doorway where I, when I pull up on Alameda, I look to my right and there's this building and there's always an encampment of a couple people living in there, right? So close to the road. And I just looked at it, started dropping, and I just felt this eerie feeling like, wow, are these people going to live through this? Very disturbing. Absolutely. Um, here, I found this this article. And these, like, I don't know why. We, it would be so easy to invest in, in things like this and only allow them to be, okay, so they're, um, so futuristic, futuristic sleeping pods for homeless may uh, for homeless people installed in German city and there um so these uh the wood and steel cabins which can fit up to two people protect against the cold wind and humidity they also guarantee fresh air circulation 
the pods were introduced in um, uh, da, 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 all 75 miles away from Unit or uh, Munich. Um, and then there's also okay to ensure privacy. There is there are no cameras in the pods, but the opening of the doors trigger a motion sensor which alerts social workers who check the pod following its use to ensure that it can um, that it can be cleaned and also be per, and also to provide assistance to anyone using the unique form of accommodation. Um, the capsules are also equipped with solar panels and are connected to a, to a radio network, allowing occupants to communicate without dependency on mobile networks. Um, why can't we do this? Yeah, good question. They oh, look good question. They they don't look super expensive, and it's not like you you know it doesn't have a bathroom. It's just a place to to lay down basically. I'll share this article in our chat. Um, but lay down, sleep, get away from the elements, um, and not die in situations such you know such as these. But how can anybody find them if you're if you're on the street in this situation? This seems. Weird. I used to be an actor for crisis intervention training for police. And a lot of it was role-playing as though I pretend like I was a homeless person who wouldn't leave uh, an area and, like, (laughs) the police are telling me to go. And so this was sensitivity training for police to talk to homeless. And it was Mm -hmm. like, why? How how come you need this? <laughs> why why how come there's not more compassion in society? But then there's like okay, well this person may be on drugs, they might be dangerous, right? Which is why, why are these, they, these are kind of perfect. I mean, you could like and even just like on like I'm not suggesting like San Diego has a hell of a homeless problem too, perhaps worse than yours because we don't have the weather issues. But in in situations like you like your city finds itself in when it's you know, three degrees or negative three or whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see why a city couldn't roll out, um, you know, a bunch of these uh, on cold nights. It doesn't really, you know, it, and it's yeah. not really uh, set up that, you, you know, that they would, um, you know, they, they couldn't stay there indefinitely. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't see why this would be a bad option uh, except, you know, except they would raise taxes and then nobody would get anything um, like they did in San Diego. A lot of we have- neighborhoods- Go ahead. <laughs> There's my cat. A lot of people don't want that kind of thing in their neighborhood because they don't want a homeless encampment, like a, a tiny houses for the homeless or a hotel devoted to the homeless. A lot of people don't want that because they think it's going to bring drugs and crime into their neighborhood. And I can't say that that's wrong or they think it's just going to be all illegal immigrants or people, you know, undocumented, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah I get you. But they're there. here In San Diego, they're here. You know, I, I can't, like I think I told you that we, you know, we do dog walking and we Every day we play the is this human shit or dog shit game on our dog walk. Oh my! And I oh and I pay thirty three hundred dollars a month for rent. Wow. You know, so it's not really yeah. We don't want homeless people in our neighborhood, but 
but we also, you know, don't, <laughs> you don't want people. Well, to, yeah, we know that they're there, and we have to have solutions. Yes, yes. It just seems disingenuous that we still have all these problems. Mm-hmm. How in government take themselves seriously as problem solvers if the problems just never get better or go away? More taxes. That's the answer. Yeah, there you go. Well, put the burden on small businesses. Yeah, yeah. That's what they do. They they pass the buck. Video dude in your bathroom. Okay, that's that's your problem, small business. Right, right. Um, and now you see more and more people, like small businesses, just saying, "Oh, sorry, our bathroom's broken. You can't come in." Um, or yeah, yeah but in, in San Diego, like our roads are terrible. We already pay so much money in taxes for the roads, but then they put on like three dollars um, or three cents per gallon tax every time you fill up, you know, at the gas station. You know, it's like, wait a second, you what did you do with the money we paid you to fix it in the first place? You know? Mhm. Homeless homelessness is the same thing. And so like, you know, these people who are like, you know, I don't know, call me crazy, but like I would be happy to pay taxes if, you know, we can solve homelessness. Yeah, me too. But that's not that's clearly not what's going on. We clearly yeah. pay money for this stuff. Where does it go? goes into their salaries that's what my somebody in my family who works for the governor's office he said he said he will never vote on any tax hike for special projects because he said it just always goes to salaries or pensions yeah pay off your pension enrich the people who are passing the bills yeah oh yeah Oh, well, that was depressing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just was driving home the other day and seeing these homeless people out in this frigid weather. It was, I was just like, how, what, there must be something here to talk about. This needs to get talked about, even if I don't have the answers and I'm just. Yeah, absolutely. It's, just, it's another thing that makes you feel like it's the end times. Right. The apocalypse. Right, exactly. Now, is it going to stay cold for the next week? Four days or so. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. ours is not that cold. <laughs> but we're yeah, it's a little little cold here. But oh uh, well. Uh, okay, yeah, well, we're we're problem. down to our, our last sixty seconds. So um, thank, thank you so much for being here. I had such a good time. Okay. I so enjoy your your company and your conversation. You too. I feel the exact um, same. Thank much for having me okay well hopefully we'll see you next week um and uh, with that you guys we love you all please share this if you can um and it, this also is available the next day on iHeartRadio under freedomizer and seeds of change um so have a fantastic week uh love you all and we will talk to you soon bye i love you bye